0: You're listening to the brand new episode of In Love With The Process. I am your host, Mike Petchy. Hi. If you can't tell by the tone of my voice, yes, we had a lot of whiskey last night, and I'm feeling it deep in my loins. Am I feeling it? <laughs> 45 years old. Um, so uh, before we get into today's show, yes, we are day four of the Film Quest and Love With The Process team up. Uh, We have been deep, deep, deep into the festival experience, but the only fucking reason why we're here, though, is because of our sponsor, Puget Systems. Now, not only has Puget been with me since day one, not only has Puget Systems helped me finance short films and do all sorts of really great stuff, but they help us with this podcast. And when we told them that we got into film quest with come home our our film they were just like can we go can we make this thing happen that's how excited they are to support filmmakers and to support creatives now excuse me as <laughs> the bubbling of that fucking whiskey is killing me right now uh so uh if you are a filmmaker If you are a musician, or if you're just a nerdy gamer that is in your mom's basement and you need a new machine, like your old computer is giving you the pinwheel of death, and you're still kind of in debt to that old machine, uh, and you really want to break away from the big boys, you want to buy a computer that doesn't have parts soldered to its motherboard, so when you get that latest and greatest software upgrade, you have to toss that thing into the ocean, maybe you should buy yourself a PC, and I know a lot of you out there don't know how to build computers. I don't blame you. It's kind of a process. that even when you buy the parts, you don't even know if they're going to work. I did the hard work years ago with our post-production company. We wanted to build PCs. We wanted to make the jump because all of the software that you use works on both systems. And a lot of people don't realize this, but with, a, with an installation of a program, on a PC, you can read and write to Mac Drive. So if you're working with other folks that work on Macs, so you can have it all formatted perfectly and you don't have to worry about it. It's cheaper, the customer supports better, and the best part about it is that all the hardware, it's an open marketplace for the hardware. So when it comes out, the prices drop immediately, which is great. Puget Systems is a company Family run that built amazing edit computers. We cut all of our movies on them. Come home, we cut on that uh, on that machine, and we had up to 25 tracks of Arri Alexa large Airy Alexa whoo large format footage, um, real time playback. Not to mention the fact that we did all of our color grading and Resolve on there real time. Um, it's an amazing editing computer. Wow, I'm barely getting through this ad read today. (laughs) So if you go to pugetsystems.com, you can search for the best computer based upon the software you're going to use. Choose the software package. They'll suggest a baseline computer for you, but what they want to do, every customer, they want you to contact them. They want to see what it is that you're doing. They want to understand what it is that you need, and they will help you build a custom computer. That's what I've always wanted. And I think that's what you've always wanted too. So go to PugetSystems.com and check it out right now. I know all the filmmakers that were here yesterday were like, we're going to buy a Puget System. So you should do the same. And I'm not putting stress on you guys. (laughs) Uh, So PugetSystems.com. All right. Wow, Michael. That was a great ad read. Let's let's start the show here. Hold on a second. What are we going to do? All right. We'll start with this one. It's the wrong track, but we'll do it. Little Mitch Murder, first thing in the morning, covering The Cure. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Lance A. Williams.
1: Lance A. Williams. (laughs) I'm a asshole
0: this morning. How are you, buddy? We had a good time last night. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah, we did. If that answers that question. <laughs> so last night was FilmQuest's uh, Halloween party, costume party, which uh, we went. What were our costumes yesterday? It was uh, unemployed uh, filmmakers, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, striking actor.
0: Striking actor, right? Out yeah. uh, of work director. Yeah, which is Classical- nice. I'm classically trained. Yes, yeah. that's my costume. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Classically. Unpaid, classically trained. <laughs> Potentially in trouble. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, we went to the Halloween party. It was fun. We got to meet more filmmakers, a lot of friendly faces. What was surprising to me is that, like, uh, there was a bunch of filmmakers that have already been on the show that had been in the festival. Mm -hmm. Our community is really fucking small. Yeah. Which is pretty nuts. Um, But, um, yeah, 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 it was cool. I will say this, though. I'm going to blow some shit up here. I will say this, though. They charge a lot of money for the events it is, it gets a little pricey it does get a little pricey I,
1: I had the feeling maybe i was misunderstanding some of the conversation we were having but i thought some of the events were like an open bar thing cuz then i was like oh i see the value here cuz yeah like if you're buying one beer two beers or if you're you know going as a unit and then you you could really that could really add up quick and you go oh okay well you didn't 25 bucks yeah, cool oh 40 bucks 45 bucks okay cool yeah and then you get in and you're like oh it's not so last night, I was really grateful that at least that yeah. event, which felt like it was the most costly, that one was at least inclusive.
0: Well, and we're also in Mormon Mormon country right now. So they're hit this mm-hmm. point where uh, we had been to this bar before, which was only doing mocktails and juices and lemonades and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But then they were cracking open booze last night and they were like, you got to go around back. <laughs> you yeah. Notice that like, you got to walk through the back door. You got to go through the back thing. Go yeah. That yeah. Area. yeah.
1: It was like there were some serious pores. Like, <laughs> Jay said a really thing. He was like, It's either a really weak poor or a really strong pores." You can tell it's like these, these are not folks who like bartend typically. They're like, Yeah, can I get a rum and coke? Boop. Well, but like more ram. Okay, fuck. it Let me get the whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, now
2: that's that's,
0: that's too much. Now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was making sure that I was making the most of the cover charge yeah. last night. It was yeah. like whiskey and ice, whiskey and ice. And that's when I met half you guys. And I'm like, you guys want to be on the podcast? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going on. People were like, you want me to get you a drink? It's on me. <laughs> I ran that joke so many times. <laughs> um, so it was fun. It was fun. And then we saw um, we saw screenings last night. We saw our, the Scottish Boys. Yeah, and their yeah. piece Lure, which by the way i think that is well, i'm gonna say this not just because we're buds with them but that is the best film i've seen in the festival so yeah. far yeah 100 amazing 100 uh really great movie we also saw our buddies from florida their movie pov yeah also we, wicked cool i wanted to try to get them on the show you guys would really like this movie it's um essentially uh a slasher slasher is the idea of that movie mm-hmm. which is kind of cool and they are like they're huge fans of robocop they're huge fans of like all like sort of the violent, fun late eighties, early nineties sort of action shit, and yeah. uh, their movie was was fucking fantastic. That was great. Um, I
1: really like that one, that really short one. Bye bye. I liked that one a lot. Man. Oh, I can't can't. What was that? It was the they had the whole opening titles where it was talking about the stats of like this this sort of figure that hat that happens in the subway, different cultures, and it's like an old lady. Oh yeah. And they're like oh, and then in, in America it's like the woman in red. And yes. So you see the lady on the the subway and then she turns and her friend is this woman but the shot of when she turns to look at her and the whole way they play it out with yeah. the title i was like oh that's fucking brilliant man
0: yeah it was really good but 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 i think there should be a rule okay mm. your credit should be no longer than one fifteenth the length of your movie
1: true that yeah. should
0: be a fucking rule yeah yeah like I and, and i get it it's it, all right this is me already going into dick mode. Like, I, I I get it. You finally get an opportunity to put your name on a screen. You finally get an opportunity to give yourself credit. Also, here's something else to consider. If your credits... I, if I have to sit through your credits and it's all your name or your brother's name or your sister's name, like, six or seven times, it's like, I get it. You're an independent filmmaker. You had to, like, clean the toilets and direct at the same time. Mm. You don't have to credit that out on your list. I just... Be... You know what? If you need to do it, do it for the one you put on YouTube. But if you're going to send it to the film festivals, it it sort of devalues your work a little bit. Humble yourself. Just give yourself the -hmm. credits that, you know, the credits that we give a shit about.
1: It makes makes that time of sitting in there way longer. You're like, fuck, everything's got like five minutes of credits? God
0: damn. Yeah. But it's also like your credits were longer than the movie, dude. (laughs) You know what I mean? Is that what we're here for? Was the movie like the credits for your credits and the credits of the movie?
1: What did the guy say? It's a, a footnote to the other
0: <laughs> sorry i'm being a dick i'm hung over this morning but it's true it's a good note man because really what it does is the audience starts to shift and it really sort of changes the whole movie going experience yep. and if you are making something that is going to screen in the festival you should consider how people are going to watch it and how they're going to feel when they watch it mm-hmm. and what is the last thing that you want them to remember for me it would be the last shot that i put in the movie and not mm-hmm. the fact that they had to sit through and see all the indiegogo fucking contributors yeah yeah. like the long list of that you know what i'm saying um so just take that in mind uh but no it's great dude yeah by the way i have really you and i have been uh like uh the odd couple yeah for the for almost a week now yeah
1: when we uh when we got on the plane to come here uh we're going through tsa and uh i had a sweater on over my t-shirt and the guy was like oh you've got something underneath that you gotta take that off I'm like oh fuck okay but my bins had already gone into the scanner, but Mike's bin was there. So I told the guy, I was like, hey, can I just, we're together, can I just throw this in here?" And he goes, you're together? I was like,
0: what does I'm that not- mean? Yeah, I was like,
1: there's so much surprise there, I don't know how to answer that. I was like, not like romantically, I mean like we're traveling together, it's my buddy. Can I just fucking put it in the bin? Can I put it in the bin?
0: <laughs> That's when I flashed our promise ring. <laughs>
1: yeah and he's his.
0: like you're not wearing yours you piece of shit <laughs> yeah i'm like i'm still trying to impress him <laughs> um but uh yeah man it's been great being yeah. in the house together we yeah. got in late yeah. well, i won't go on too long because we've got a lot of guests here but we got in late uh, last night and uh we cleansed our palate down in the screening room which you guys have to see downstairs which is crazy yeah uh cleansed our palate with a little heat michael man's heat Mann. last night
1: that was great actually it was a really cool way to wrap the day up yeah yeah,
0: yeah. i think we should make that a thing yeah they throw on a favorite at the end. Yeah, we both were like chilling on the couch at one point. I yeah. just like, oh, I got to go to bed. It was like 2.30 when we went yeah. to bed last night. Anyway, all right, fuck this. We're done. Uh, so I've got a whole group of people here. Today, it's like, they they claim to do this at the film festival. They do this thing called speed dating. So today we're doing a speed dating thing, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm going to meet each and every one of you. We haven't had an opportunity to watch your films yet, just because it has been so much going on. But I'm excited to learn about them. And then we'll watch them after we do the whole thing. So... Uh, let's get into it. I'm going to start here. Introduce yourself. Who are you? What's your movie? And why the fuck are you here, brother?
3: Hey, I'm Robert Svedlick. Uh, I'm part of Too Slow. Uh, I was the actor and
0: composer for Too Slow. Hell yeah, man.
4: Hi, I'm Danielle. I'm all Danielle McCreesby. So, uh, I don't know. Have look me up on IMDb. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm also with Too Slow. I co Wrote and directed it with the person sitting next to me here. And I'm also in it and I produced it.
5: Nice. Steven Vanderpool, uh, also with Too Slow, co writer, co director, uh, cinematographer, and editor. And sexy voice. (laughs) (laughs)
6: Nice and early in the morning. (laughs) After a few drinks, you know, uh, ideal circumstances. (laughs) All right, we're continuing. Uh, I'm Connor Christensen with uh, Good Arts, uh, writer, director, and uh, VFX
0: artist. For hell, hell yeah, hell yeah. All right, man.
7: Hello, my name's John Bergio. I'm a co-writer, producer, and
0: director for a short film called Thin Skinned. Very cool. All right. Very cool. Great to meet all of you guys. Um, so let's start here. So when I we did the survey that went out, and you put a bunch of interesting stuff that you've been doing for your career on the survey, which is yeah. fun. So... <laughs> You used to work for the Impractical Jokers? Well, I still
7: do, yeah. Oh, do you? I've been with them for 10 years. How did uh, that happen? That's my first like, uh, like, uh, like entree into this whole world. You know, How did it happen? Uh, I always wanted to be a musician. So after college, I didn't get a job for a while uh-huh. playing music.
0: So that you were a musician at that yeah. point? Yeah. <laughs> so
7: yeah, exactly. Unemployed musician. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I worked at a, a pizza place. I was a pizza delivery guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I grew up and, and lived in Staten Island. In Staten Island, New York, which is a pretty small town, the art scene is pretty small there. So, uh, I knew people through comedy and through music, and I would perform occasionally, but nothing I took seriously. Performing meaning like comedic stuff. Oh, okay. And um, uh, you know, I got to know like I was drinking underage a lot at the bars there, and uh, <laughs> one of the guys was this guy Sal Volcano, who's one of the guys on the show on Jokers, and uh, I got to I got to know him and we became close and we just hang out a lot. And after I crashed my car in a delivery, I was just, like, really jobless. And the show had been picked up for season one. They were in season two. And he gave me an opportunity to submit a packet because he thought I was funny just from hanging out. And I, you know, I, I never considered this as any kind of career, but I was like, why not try, you know? So what was what was a packet? What Did you submit a packet? is A packet, yeah. This is, this is like a, when you apply for a TV show, any kind of writing position, you submit a packet. So they prompt you with... Um, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the show, but basically it's a hidden camera show where they the guys mess with each other, not with the public. So they're embarrassing each other. And uh, they asked me to come up with different scenarios for them to punish each other in uh, <laughs> if they lose the episode. And then they had a bit called... Uh, they basically play a dentist, and it was just like come up with lines and actions to fuck with the guys, to, to, to fuck with each other. And I, th- I think the pu- the punishment that got me the job was something called get in the van. <laughs> which is uh, based off of uh, just the title of that Henry Rollins book. <laughs> yeah. um, and the idea was uh, I had them just pull up on the street uh, in a van, an unmarked van to a, an unsuspecting civilian, and they had to convince the stranger to get in the van. <laughs> and then they would be prompted, like, a weird reason to do it. So the guys really liked that. And, like, I got two two weeks to just come in and uh, try not to get fired, basically. Because yeah. at the time they were just uh, sort of cycling through um writers and i didn't expect to be there very very long mm-hmm. but i managed to not get fired for two weeks and then i just kept going you know and i didn't really know the other guys but there's so much backstory to this like i didn't really know them but they did a, a sizzle reel which i don't know if you know this it's like a, yep. it's basically like a pilot for a pitch for a tv show and it was a show called show me your nuts <laughs> y-o-u apostrophe re and uh i was like one of the contestants on it and they had this bit where like I had, I had to be, well, someone had to be blindfolded and hold on to these five ropes each attached to a person, four were attached to women, one was attached to an old man, and I had to try and pull on the ropes and kiss whoever was at the other end. No one wanted to volunteer for it, and I was like, I'll do it, because no one wanted to risk kissing the guy, and I was like, what, what's the worst that's going to happen? It's not right, like, right, right. Yeah. And of course, the first rope I pulled was the guy, it was an 80-year-old man, <laughs> He had a beard, and he just, he just shoved his tongue down my throat. And I think the guys appreciated that I was willing to just you know help them make their dreams come true. Nice, nice. So nice. they kind of knew me from that, and, and it just kind of went from there, and I've been there for 10 years now. Mostly just trying not to get fired. Still? I mean, I think I'm at a good point now. I feel pretty safe about it. But it took a while for that first... I didn't know what I was
0: doing. Mostly, I don't know what I'm doing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So are they just hard bosses and they're just dropping people off all the time? Or is that just uh, imposter syndrome on your part? It's, it's a, bit of, a bit of both, maybe. Like, in the
7: beginning, it was they just wanted to keep it fresh and cycle through. So, and I also faked my resume. I had no real background. I, yeah. They asked me for a resume. I made it up, you know? Yeah. That's filmmaking. That's yeah. filmmaking. <laughs> exactly. That is filmmaking.
0: Yeah. That's so, great.
7: I just, uh, you know, I wasn't very good at first. You know, like I, I would, I. looking back on it, I don't think I was very good. i I'd managed to like get by, but like it took a little while for, for it to really click for me in terms of like finding the voice of the show. And now I feel very confident about my work on it, but at the time it was like,
2: I
0: don't know what I'm doing here, you know? Yeah, I would assume that when the uh, 80-year-old uh, your tongue worked this way down your throat. You were like, "I'm in now. This is yeah. It. This yeah. is it. I've made I'm in it. the business. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. Hollywood." <laughs> <laughs> so then, uh, so this is your first film, right? This is your first time yeah. directing. Yeah. So, what was the transition for you? Like, what what made you decide to do to make well, a movie?
7: I've always wanted to transition into narrative writing and some in any form, you know, like I've written some spec pilots and stuff like that. But um, me and uh, my co writer met uh, through. He, he used to work for True TV which is the network that the show is on and we met through that because uh, he would hire me to like write content for their web app and I would overcharge him for it <laughs> I, I think he appreciated that boldness <laughs> on my part I don't know but we became friends he asked me to curate their museum for like the Staten Island Museum had an exhibit for the Impractical Jokers he asked me to curate it and of course yet again like I don't know what I'm doing I've never obviously curated a museum before <laughs> but i said sure you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that led to our relationship getting stronger and he asked me to co-write a film with him like a it ended up being a sports comedy uh, feature that we wrote and you know it was way too expensive obviously so sure. we we're like what can we do that's feasible yeah and we came up with this idea for this it was this this idea started as a feature um and we decided to condense it to a short as a proof of concept and it's smart and it's based on um it's it's a hidden camera uh short uh it's about like basically a a youtube prank gone wrong based on my experience on the show sometimes we call them marks the people we mess with in the public Mm -hmm. sometimes they don't take it so well you know (laughs) and mostly we you know it's been fine you smooth it over but it was like what if that doesn't go right and so we wrote this thing and it came to we we finished it it came to like shoot it and it was like well who's gonna direct it and we didn't want to give it to someone else to direct so i was just like i guess i'll do it you know yeah and uh and I came out pretty good I think you know f- it was my first time i I just went for it you Dude, know? you
0: got into a film festival so yeah. apparently it came out pretty good well
7: yeah I knew more than I thought I knew I guess you just absorb it in the years but yeah, yeah. Um, there there's also so much I didn't know I didn't know you know yeah, yeah and you have to do that you have to just do it yeah Here's a news flash. Here's a news flash
0: all directors are that way
7: i well I've been reading up on this and I've read like that Sidney Lamette book making mm-hmm. movies and like mm-hmm. just stories like even with Spielberg and Harrison Ford like He's afraid of Harrison Ford, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, oh wow. So it's that's just everyone. That's good. It was very yeah. reassuring to him.
0: Yeah, once you uh, once you crack through that, once you sort of realize that these aren't gods, and then like, yeah. you actually find out that they're all going like day one going, I'm a fucking failure, like watching the monitor for the first time and uh, you know, it's like it's straight across the oh, board. Yeah. yeah, straight across that's the a board. That's secret. All right, let's uh let's skip ahead here. Hello. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hello going? So um <laughs> vfx right i think yes. i read that you atlanta right Atlanta, yeah 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 Was so, there my whole life pretty much so you grew up there yep. and then you uh, wanted to become a filmmaker so you wormed your way into the atlanta film industry correct
6: i did yeah i i have always lived there and luckily i've, I've always known i wanted to be a filmmaker and luckily everything came to
0: us in why why filmmaking there's a hundred different ways you could tell <sighs> stories why filmmaking
6: i don't know it always just kind of struck a chord with me i always have loved comedies like Growing up watching Dumb and Dumber like mm-hmm. 10,000 times. Mm-hmm. it's like, that's just, I don't know. It seems so fun.
0: So you're a Farley Brothers fan? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. <laughs> they shoot down in Atlanta all the time. They do, yeah. yeah. Have you been on one of their sets? I haven't, no. Haven't had the pleasure. I've been on one of their sets. They're fucking Ooh, great. Nice. They're great dudes. They're fun guys. I've heard. They're fun guys. And <clears throat> uh, you know, it was nothing better than watching Peter win the academy award even though everybody was like fuck you it was still great that he won that award because i think he's such a great writer and and he's like one of the best like most like welcoming coolest fucking guys that you've ever met yeah yeah yeah. you never know you never know dude we made we made assholes all the time yeah absolutely (laughs) um so all right so then why vfx uh
6: vfx was i've always like had a passion for it and kind of done it out of necessity for my own work but um VFX is non-union, and a great way to get into the industry. So soon to be union, right? Soon to be, which is fantastic. Well to hear. deserved, absolutely. Because you guys get the ass of the stick all the time. All the time. No one knows what we do, so everyone's like, "Why the fuck are you here? Go yeah. away! You're wasting our time." They yeah, you're in, in, your in your bedroom and your
0: underpants <laughs> anyway. So keep doing this for another twenty <laughs>
6: yeah, yeah. hours. <laughs> it's like that whole
1: thing: if you're doing your job well, no one notices it, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
6: So it's 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 a give and take, but mm. you know. It's it's great when no one knows, points right. out. You're like, oh, right. yeah. Those, yeah. It's okay. So yeah. what
0: aspect of VFX have you been working? Um,
6: so I started off uh, on set VFX. So really
0: no one, even
6: on set, knows what we're doing there. We're running around with like an iPad and taking mm-hmm. photos, pretty much gathering information for the people in post-production. So they have...
0: All that lighting information to be able to recreate the lighting. It's the source of the lighting. You guys are the ones running around with the disco ball, making sure that you see all the sources of light. Yeah,
6: yeah, the the chrome ball and everything. And um, yeah, started off first gig was the new Suicide Squad. And that was very intimidating. James Gunn? Yes, James Gunn. Um, And yeah, just from there, kind of worked my way up. uh, Data wrangling, doing that. uh, Learned a lot. It's very interesting through VFX. It's just... Pretty much every department has to filter through because you got to have like war- scans of wardrobes, props, and mm-hmm. everything. It, you, you're very plugged in. So I luckily started off in working in the office and just saw every aspect of filmmaking. Um, but I've always known I wanted to be a director. So I, I just kind of absorbed as much as I could. Smart and, too. Uh, very smart. Just, yeah, made friends. A lot of really cool, talented people that are just, you know, working in Atlanta mm-hmm. and uh, trying to make it. So mm-hmm. quickly became friends with some people and been making films with them. Hells yeah. Yeah. So. Oh. so, what's your movie about? So, my movie, Goo Arts, is kind of. Goo Arts. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's centered around some darts filled with goo. But, uh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that should be the log line for them the poster. Yeah. Darts filled with goo. Um, you get
6: it. It's about two company men that work for this company called Command, which is like pretty much an evil Amazon, essentially, or like a... So or like Amazon. Amazon, yeah. Exactly. So Amazon, yeah, exactly. exactly. More science fiction-y, but I don't, actually, I don't know what they have going on over there. But, um, yeah, so two company men, one's a scientist, one's a field agent, and they have to recover an escaped clone, and uh, one's kind of bumbling and gets them into some trouble
0: and this is all live action all live action do you yeah. do vfx in it i did did a lot of very vfx cool. hopefully very a lot
6: cool. of hidden vfx there you <laughs> go all right on. see you all right <laughs> so you're
0: using it as uh, you, what are you stitching and extending backgrounds in that kind of thing
6: um not in this one i've done a lot of that work but uh there's some very blatant vfx you'll you'll know them i assume it has something to do with a goo dart. yes it yeah, does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but a lot of like adding glows and stuff and a lot of the invisible stuff is you know shot it one night so oh shit we had one take for that there's a boom shadow and yeah, yeah. Shot yeah. so yeah. let's yeah. Remove get rid it. of that yeah, yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> let's look professional here yeah but yeah. 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 yeah But um, yeah, all but, fun stuff
0: that's cool man is, it, is this your first
6: uh, not my first no but uh, of this scale um, cool. this is my first like real festival though and that's fucking great very excited.
0: congratulations well, for much. being here um, so At this scale like how big was your piece um is it beyond just you and your underpants with a broomstick and a microphone yes yeah
6: so crew wise we had like uh i think like 30 people on set nice um which was great and i owe them a lot because you know a lot of favors uh Mm. i did a lot of favors for like a year and then called them all in and you know did you go to film school uh I, I went to georgia state for two years for film and then i started freelancing and was just getting more and more debt so dropped out and just kept going
0: that's the story man Yep, that's the story
6: haven't looked back and haven't needed it so far so yeah. i agree but there you go um,
0: that helps you with that debt that you have to consistently pay off when you have no fucking work exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. all right we'll come back so let's go to you two where uh tell us about the movie
4: Uh, Too Slow is a comedy, a dark comedy uh, about a man who is up high, down low, too slowed, like the childhood prank, Oh. (laughs) Um, and doesn't take it so good.
5: Yeah, you could go as far as to say he seeks vengeance.
4: (laughs) (laughs) And we actually, uh, this came, well, we were at... This film festival last year, film Quest, and we were like, "Hell yeah, we these are our people. Mm-hmm. We love this." <laughs> so we were like, "Let's just make a short that we know we can get in the festival for next year."
8: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And,
4: and that's what we did. That's cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the the we were at a wedding and we witnessed one adult man do that to another adult man,
0: like the too slow game at a wedding.
4: Yeah, like okay. in out of insincerity, in <laughs> and we were like there's something there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
5: I mean, in all fairness, everyone was pretty drunk at that point. So you know, it wasn't just like a fully sober, like the guy was just trying to be a dick or anything, you know. But yeah. still, but, yeah. you know, you're still a wedding. Mm-hmm. But you
4: still up high, do- up high, download to slowed someone in right. front of their friends and family. It's it
1: was pretty, it, it <laughs> was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> I feel like your movie and your movie together would be a great double feature to watch back to back.
0: That's probably why. are you guys programmed at the same time? When do you when do you play? Uh, we're Thursday so. uh, eleven. Yeah, we're, we're Friday. 11, so. No. Wow. Well, uh, close enough. Close enough. Uh,
4: but yeah, we we had fun with it. We wrote it for Robert um, because he's a fantastic actor and can play unhinged really well. And I'll tell you this, he's not unhinged in real
3: life. I'll, I'll give you that <laughs>
8: disclaimer. I
0: like, the, I like the, the, the back out of that. So you're an unhinged crazy person? Is that what we're hearing right now?
3: Well, yeah. I mean, he, from my point of view, he's not unhinged. He's uh, dealing with a lot of shit and doesn't know how to, like, kind of... Communicate even to himself anymore, so he's freaking out.
0: That's such a great a- actor way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you want to have sympathy. With the guy, yeah, right? That's true. Yeah, that's true.
4: we we kind of touch on like struggling with masculinity, like mm-hmm. what is being masculine, what is being a man, what does that mean, mm-hmm. and what does that look like, mm-hmm. and I think you know Robert really struggles with coming to terms with feeling like emasculated and trying to reclaim his masculinity
3: you're talking about me as a person no well the character's (laughs) name is
4: also robert
0: i was like it's getting weird here we we
4: did not we did not uh we uh, i'm i play his wife in the film and also we did not change my name so it's robert and danielle in real life and robert and danielle in the movie and um Mm -hmm. it got confusing on the call sheet every now and again we should have just given ourselves character (laughs) names but we did not
8: lazy
0: writing so how how long was the shoot um we did like
5: six days some of them partial days wow we were just kind of scrapping it together you know it was a very informal set you know mm-hmm. uh, a lot of favors friends you know whoever was available showed up basically
0: how long did the movie end up being
5: uh it's that's fairly long for short, sure, 18 minutes okay all right that makes and then sense. then like 30 seconds of credits yeah. for the festival edition actually there you go there you back go to your point we uh we did a, a screening for our friends uh, a week or two ago And we had four minutes of credits And <laughs> yeah. we put like bloopers and stuff But yeah, that's yeah. not what we're showing here at the festival <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's your
0: friends It's like solo cards for everybody uh, yeah. Yes, yes. Right. craft right. services, right. applause <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. we we pulled a lot of favors for this one But we're very lucky with our community um, We work a lot commercially You know, to, to pay the bills And yeah. to pay a lot of our friends' bills, to be honest And so, when it comes to passion projects And, and doing the fun stuff They're happy to like Hop on and help us out. And it's and it, great. It's really just kind of, yeah, it's a great community and, and we all come and play on each other's work and it's really fun. Yeah.
0: How'd you guys team up? How'd, the, how'd this happen?
4: Um, we met on a film. I was living in New York and uh, actually a mutual friend of Robert and I, Robert and I got our BFA together in college. Mm-hmm. And a mutual friend of ours suggested me for this feature film that was shooting in Florida. Mm hmm. And I hated New York. I was ready to get out. And I was like, yeah, I'll go spend a month in Florida and work and this on was this to act.
0: Was this to act on the film? Or to-, to
4: act on the film, yep, yeah. Yep. And it was his film that he was directing. And, you know, showmance. Ten, <laughs> showmance. Here we are 10 years later, married. <laughs> and it worked out pretty well, I think.
0: <laughs> Making stuff
4: together ever since.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was the movie in Florida about
5: Oh man, so long ago now. <laughs> um, it's um, it is about a oh my god.
4: Do you not remember what the film? No, it's, it's I just like war cake. I haven't thought about
5: like the log line in a long time. Yeah, it's it's called Warcake. It's about a young lady who loses her mind. That's kind of a common theme. <laughs> a lot of a lot people of losing work. their mind. You don't know what's real, what's not.
4: It's a period piece about mm-hmm. a, a, a girl struggling. With uh, balancing her religious upbringing with hitting puberty and wanting to have sex.
8: Oh, well, hey, all <laughs> yeah! Right,
0: all right, all right, all right. That's cool. That's cool. And is that was that your first feature that you had done?
5: Um kind of, yeah. I I did one in college that I co directed, but it was uh um so I guess that was technically my first feature, but that was like a musical about biologists and it was just fucking terrible. <laughs> um, I, I did not choose the subject matter, but I did help write the script, so you know I bear yeah, some a little of the responsibility. To, yeah,
4: a little to blame. Uh
5: so technically maybe my second feature, yeah. And why directing for you? Um I've been making Video content since I was a kid to entertain myself. Yeah. (laughs) And I, you know, still kind of doing that to this day. Yeah. And, um, fortunately I've been able to use some of those skills to figure out how to pay my bills. Yeah. Um, but ultimately at the end of the day, it's just, I don't know what else to do to keep myself busy and amused so
0: dude I know I know, ex- <laughs> I know exactly that feeling yeah like uh, do you feel the same way like I, sometimes I I feel like this job, like I have a love hate relationship with this job I think everybody's shaking their heads right you know everybody you know because it's it's, someone that, it, it's it's someone that you want to have a relationship with but they don't call you back all the time and they give you a cold shoulder all the time you know and then when you finally get you know you go on the date with him you, you fuck it up because you're so goddamn nervous. And it's been like, you know, months and months of trying to convince them to even show up. And then you're there and you're just like, bah, bah, bah. and you're like, oh, I fucked it all up, you know? And it's just, it's like, do you feel the same way? Do you feel like it's a torturous gig for you?
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say more in terms of like uh, finding paid work. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yes. uh, my passion projects, I, I feel like I have a pretty amicable relationship with, you know, um, but don't brag about it, man. (laughs) I mean, it's, you know, it's hard, but I always, I enjoy the process and the challenges, you know? Yeah.
4: Yeah. We, I feel like we balance each other. Well, uh, like the things he freaks out about, I don't. And the things I freak out about, he doesn't even think about. Yeah. So it's a good, I mean, I guess in life, but also in our work, you yeah. know, I think we kind of yin and yang each other pretty well because coming from an acting background, rejection's my thing. Like <laughs> I can be rejected all day, every day. Cause that's just like someone saying no to me is better than not hearing anything at all. You yes. know, That's yes. kind of just like the thickest skin when it comes to that. But like from his point of view, you know, as a writer and director, like, you don't want to hear no, you don't want the door slammed in your face. And I'm like, oh, that's just that's just part of your day. Come on.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I can see the yin and yang happening right here in the space. It's good. You guys are good. You guys are a good team up. All right, let's continue on here. So actor mm-hmm. and composer. And huh? composer yeah. All right. Which is first for you?
3: Um, I guess whatever I'm doing that day. Um, I, li- I like them both so much and, uh, the, yeah, to, to do them both is really fun too.
0: That's cool. Yeah. And to do them, is it weird to do composing in something that you're in?
3: Um, no, I, like I kind of, they kind of both came, like the thought process was the same for both of them. And e- like even being like getting into the head of one of the characters, that's kind of where I took the score from is from his head. Um, which I don't know if I would do all the time, but it worked for this specific piece. Um, And it really, like, having the musical element, um, I think even helped connect to,
0: like, more of the emotional life of the character and what was going on. It's an interesting... Yeah, now that we're talking about this, I never really thought about it, right? Okay, so there's a lot of actors that I know that can't even look at themselves in a performance. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you're composing, you're staring at everything that you're doing. And you're oftentimes seeing it well before it's polished in Mm -hmm. any way. Mm -hmm. So... How do, you, how do you stay disconnected from that? Um, I can't.
3: <laughs> it's, it, that's a struggle, definitely. Um, yeah. I, I do find it hard to watch myself and uh, like am critiquing myself. But I, I have a friend, um, uh, shout out to Allison Walter. Um, I was talking to her and she was like kind of talking about the distance she has when she watches herself. And so I was like trying to like cultivate more of that. Mm-hmm. Like just looking at myself as that's the actor. That's not me right now. Mm-hmm. I'm scoring for this actor sort of thing Um, it's definitely hard to get in that mindset. I, I want to self-critique all the time Um, but it's not productive really.
0: Yeah, but then you can also cheat on your performance Where you're like, I kind of fucked that out about set. So turn up the <laughs> emotional thing in the queue here oh, Absolutely, Yeah, you know, that's cool, man. Yeah
4: like he's so good in it. I don't yeah, know. There's flawless. nothing to critique.
0: <laughs> 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 That's cool. And so, uh, how'd you get into music? So, which came first, chicken or the egg? Music or acting? Uh, acting
3: came first. Um, I've uh, my mom was like kind of the like mothers that like threw me into a bunch of stuff and just like do this, do this, do this, and we'll see what sticks. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, music and acting have stuck the most. Uh, modeling not so much uh, farming not as much um, construction work not as much um, but the music and acting kind of both like in high school is really where your mom threw last. you
7: into construction work
3: well my my dad was a construction worker and so that was part of like you're gonna do this wow you know, go yeah go on a roof I did karate similar
2: I think <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, that's cool that's cool so then uh What's your what's your preferred method of uh, composing? Like, what's your deal? Are you a synth guy? Are you on a piano all the time? Are you... Uh,
3: so this was all guitar. Um, and uh, the the guy plays guitar. Uh, the character, Robert, plays guitar in the film. And so, the, the, like, from that, I kind of like, oh, well, maybe, like, that that's the sound that's going on in his head, is these, like, dissonant, uh, kind of electric, distorted sounds that are kind of droning awesome. on. Sounds yeah. awesome. Um, and my friend loaned me his like really cool loop pedal, and uh, just like looped weird distorted sounds over and over again to make it sound really fucked up.
0: That's awesome, yeah. man. I look, I as a as a director, I'm I'm a huge nerd for sound. Mm. I spent and I've said this on the last episode, but when I first started in this business, I had a studio. We are originally from Boston, so that's mm. where we came from. And I had a studio down in Chinatown, which used to be over in the red light district. So we would go to work with the strippers. They'd have their little suitcases and then we'd go in. And so we shared this, uh, you know, top floor walk up studio space. I shared it with sound dudes. And so when I got into the business, I started obviously as a director, but then uh, I had to teach myself how to be. Uh, a cinematographer because this was the early days of digital and most of the cinematographers were crotchety old 35 millimeter guys and no one would want to show up and help you do anything so i ended up having a career as a cinematographer so i was very visually oriented but i was lucky enough to share space with the sound guys because you know you're out of work all the time and so i would be in that space helping them like sound effect karate fucking scenes or go to set and see things and Uh, you really start to understand the power of it and the love of it. And at this this point, when I write scripts, I write sound cues and scripts and have everything loud laid out because it's more than 50% of your movie and everybody's shaking their head. Yes. And they all know, except for you, you have no fucking idea. (laughs) 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 Uh, But yeah, what you got, Lance?
1: I wanted to ask uh, for Robert, like thinking about um, what you were saying, being the actor, than working on the post production, like we'd come home, going and hanging out with Mike, watching the edits, and then uh, but he did another short. It was an excerpt from the play, "Motherfucker with the Hat," and same thing, going in to sit in the edit for that. It, it, it I had that same feeling where you're watching. and You're like, "Fuck!" I'm also here with other people, and like, it's even more nerve wracking. It feels a little embarrassing at times because even if they don't notice it, like it's it's like I'm not gonna notice if the lights weird. He will, but I notice. I'm like, why the fuck did I do that move? That's stupid." <laughs> <laughs> And I found it really helpful to sort of start detaching by just going, okay, uh, right now, I'm Lance here with you in this edit, and that's the character. So, like, mm-hmm. uh, I think it looks good when we cut away from him on this part mm-hmm. and just, like, starting to have to, like, phrase it differently. I was curious, is in your process, was there anything like that? Or were there other, like, little um, sort of clues or, or tricks that you were finding that were helping in that process? Um,
3: yeah, definitely what you're talking about, like, having that third person uh, even just language of like distancing yourself from whatever that actor is doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if it's you, um, super helpful. Yeah. Um, I I think also part of it's too is like, just fucking get over it, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. uh, th- like it, who cares? I mean, you're right. Like the, you're worrying about it much more than anyone else is. And you're seeing stuff that no one else is really seeing. And so it's like, Uh, why even worry about this as much as I'm worrying about it? Like it's just counterproductive.
4: If that's not a lesson for life though, you know, you worry about yourself way more than anyone else else, does ever.
0: Well, you got to remember, like it takes a while to get there, but with everything we do, each and every one of us, like what we're doing is we're trying to create an environment where lightning happens. That's all we're doing. And oftentimes it doesn't happen. And so, especially when you get into the edit room, you then are stuck with these folders full of clips, and oftentimes not enough fucking clips to cut the piece the way you want it to. And so when you're sorting through this footage, you're just looking for nuggets. And if if you're not lucky enough to work with great talent, right, you're trying to force these emotional beats with your edit and with your cinematography and with whatever the hell else it is. And it becomes sort of like this collaged mess. It's difficult for me as a director to jump right into editing after shooting. Like I generally have to give myself... A little bit of time off, but not too much time off because I would give myself too much time off that I get afraid of it and then I don't go into the edit. So it's, I think it's the same way for each and every one of us. And I think if you can figure out a way to just go, look, this has got nothing to do with anything any of us have done. What we're doing here is we're hunting, we're sifting through this fucking pile of pennies for a dime. And that's really what yeah. it is. And you're looking for these pieces, you know? Well,
3: and... That's what I'd like about the filmmaking process so much too, is that it's not just you, it takes everyone and like it really does help like diminish that ego of like, this is, you know, about the lead actor, this is about the sound, whatever, because it's never it never is. It's about the whole product and everyone working on it together. And yeah, that's that's what I find so beautiful about it.
0: Yeah, and, and often you're looking for the shining star. Like, so at one point, it might be you, right? Like, you might be the cause of the inspiration for the, the, the thing to be cut the way that it's going to be cut and, and to come together. Mm-hmm. Like, the way you move in a specific scene or how you pick something up. It's like, oh, fuck, fuck! And then you start building around that moment, mm-hmm. whether it's with sound or with something else. Do you guys agree with that kind of thing? Yeah. 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 <laughs> 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 well... I, I could speak to this a little bit because
7: this this film that I did you know we utilized hidden cameras, and there were three shootings simultaneously wow, okay, so the tra- the, the, the benefit of that is like if there was a magic moment, we caught it, you know mm-hmm. we had to play everything out like a play though it was very wasn't like perfectly choreographed, but luckily, my crew works on the hidden camera show that's based on capturing impromptu moments, so whenever anything happened, they were always following it, they knew what to do. There's a scene you'll see where a tongue gets cut off and um <laughs> What ended up happening after that was not intentional, but but the crew caught it perfectly. So So we were you know, the benefit is like like I was saying you, you catch that lightning, but Then you have less room in the edit because everything's so uh, Linear in a way, you know, mm-hmm. you can't just mm-hmm. cut to this guy on the other side of the room
0: necessarily Unless you're doing the Kardashians you can cut wherever the fuck. That's you true. Want. <laughs> you That's a good I mean? point. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah You do that like slow pause look that they reuse over and over and over again. That's true. I should take a lesson. You're right. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'm I'm curious for you guys when you're going through the editing process, you know, what's the sort of um, the firewall of friends that you sort of like bounce it off of initially. Like are are you showing it to your partners, your friends? Like is there, are there colleagues whose respect you sort of lean on? Like what's that, what's that path of initial review for you guys? I think
5: there, for us, there were, mm, I would say four people who saw the, Edit before it was final, which is me, Danielle, Robert, and my brother.
8: And um, why your brother is? I your brother. always run
5: everything by my brother because he's like the only, one of the few people I trust, like for a, a good creative opinion. Mm-hmm. He will give me thoughtful, um, um, good, you know, critiques and criticisms.
4: He he has good taste, but also understands like the Stephen's tone so well mm-hmm. that I think. Mm-hmm his tone is very specific in his work yeah that a lot of people don't get it in their first go and will try to like make sense of it and make suggestions to make it make more sense yeah but that's not the point really and i think his brother we trust his taste but we also trust that he gets the tone
8: got it that
0: makes sense what about you
6: uh, yeah, I, I've got my, my team of people I go to, but going back to what you're saying about like giving yourself a break, like I w- between shooting and editing. I wish I edited my f- movie as well. I edit freelance as much as I can. I really enjoy it, but I wish I could do that. Like as soon as I shoot something, I'm like, I next day I got to start cutting that. So
0: is that I'll, because you're worried or nervous or excited? Um, excited, okay. mostly
6: excited, but I'm, I am, I do that mainly because, um, especially like with my smaller budget stuff. Uh, I try to cut, like get it all done as quickly as possible, show it to like my trusted team of people and then get their notes back. And then hopefully have some time for like pickups or reshoots, see what's working, see what's not. And then mm-hmm. kind of shift from there, which I did a lot on this film. sounds like you have a
0: better work ethic than I do. I don't, I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it's healthy. Yeah.
6: <laughs> cause it's
0: tough, right? Cause I think I, I think sometimes I delay cause I'm nervous. Sometimes yeah. I like, if I go too long and I delay, and I'm like, I don't think I got. So like, there's nothing worse than like sort of opening up that clip about uh, that bin of clips and just sort of looking at it going. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I feel the same
1: way when it's like that initial beat of having to memorize lines. and You're like, you know what the scene is. You're excited. This is why you're here for it. And then you go to start actually working on it. And I'm always like, oh, I'll do this shit tomorrow. I'll yeah. do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. You're- and then once you just get into it, then you're like. Oh, that's right. This, this is why I enjoy this. This is fun, right, 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 right right. yeah, yeah. Okay. You're, you're kind of triggering me because there's a project
7: I've been putting off that's <laughs> straight up an editing like experiment for me. For this film that we were showing, we kind of pulled out all the stops and got a big crew for it. and the next thing I, I did after that was all shot on iPhone, very like mm-hmm. it's uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the migrant crisis that was going on in New York or had you know like basically everyone was sending migrants to New York they were running out of places to, to house people mm. and in staten island where i'm from there's a an all-girls high school that closed down and they're sheltering some people there and the parents in the neighborhood were, were protesting because across from that all-girls school is another all-girls school <laughs> and they were they, you know i could see a kernel of concern there but then there were also like some people that fear monger on staten island and like sure. got everyone riled up sure so i went to these protests they were huge you know and uh filmed it all, and and simultaneously there's a wild turkey population on Staten Island. They just wander the streets <laughs> and block traffic. So my idea is to cut these protests together to be like that it's about the turkeys and I'm going to play this character that's like <laughs> radicalized by them. And so it's all an edit. It's like a voiceover that's like as if this happened 20 years ago. You know, like this whole thing. And I'm just... Every time I sit down to do it, I'm like, uh, I could also clean the litter box instead.
0: you know? Dude, it's shit like that, right? Because yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you always distract yourself with like, well, I got to go to the post office. I got to right. drop off some things. Yeah. And I got to, you know, I should probably go grocery shopping. It's always stupid shit. It's so not it like,
1: feels like you're getting things done. You're yes. like, well, I didn't work on the thing I need to work on, but... I got all that to do list oh, done today. God, I'm, I'm killing. Feeling,
0: it. Yeah, I'm feeling incredibly triggered. This is my. This is yep. my life. It's every day yep. of my fucking life right yep. you now. Come on, man.
1: My house is never cleaner than when I don't want to do something oh. else. Yeah, man, yeah. I'm, oh, a yeah. I'm a fucking failure.
0: <laughs> You're doing great. You're doing great. But
1: you, you should make that. That sounds fucking hilarious. Yeah. You should Thank definitely you. Yeah, so, finish I mean, that.
7: I shot it. I, and we'll see. You know, I'll see if I got. The
1: you're also like talking about clips
7: and realizing what i missed like i'll figure it out but i'm thinking yeah. about that too and like yeah. how to stitch it together you know
0: yeah i mean that's always a fear too right yeah. but you know what it's it's just that game you just go through it it starts to it starts to define what it's going to sure. be yeah. and then you sort of go down that path and you know, the, the longer i do this stuff the more open i am to it the more relaxing it is to to do it as opposed to when i was younger and i was just trying to you know cramp shit down the throat of an idea and it's like oh no, no 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 let it do its thing and let it find what it wants to be and it's still going to be good and you know i still have the skills to make it great you know the imposter syndrome shit i feel like we're all in therapy right now it's yeah, good yeah. Yeah. it's good it's good all right well let's take a half second break here everybody stick around don't go anywhere we're gonna do our ad reads and your boy's gonna attempt to breathe his way through these this morning let I me mean, uh let's see here let's see let's cue up some music let's cue up some music here we go Little Code Electro, yeah. Code Electro has been with us since the beginning of the show. Martin, he uh, provides us with music, and uh, this is some of the earliest tracks. And Martin, you always make the best songs for behind the ad reads. You really do. I appreciate you. I love you. All right, you know the deal. It's time to talk about the men and women that sponsor and promote and uh, help our show. Already, I fucked it up. (laughs) Well, We're here to talk about the sponsors of the show, the people that support us. And uh, before we get into that, if you don't follow me on Instagram at Mike Petchy and you don't follow the podcast at In Love With The Process pod, then you are a loser. You know what I'm saying? You're an asshole. For not doing yeah, so. i love how
1: you've been on using loser as a term for everything like yeah, this trip ah, i'm fucking loser
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh you know you should you should be following me that's where uh we've been posting images about about the podcast about the festival uh posting images about this crazy house that we're staying in it's been a lot of fun and we hope that you guys are enjoying going down the roller coaster ride with us and living vicariously through the film festival experience and uh, we appreciate and love each and every one of you. So thank you for supporting the show. Now, first up, our friends over at Fujifilm. If you don't use Fujifilm cameras, if you don't understand what Fujifilm does, you definitely need to click the link in the description of our episode. Fujifilm makes uh, some of the best uh, still cameras and video cameras on the market right now. Fujifilm's new GFX 102 is a new large format camera that competes with some of the big boys. It's affordable, too, and it competes with some of the big boys. I had already been using the GFX 100 S for still photography because it's got really great low light sensitivity sensors in it. So as a still photographer, I can show up onto a set that's lit for video and still be able to shoot amazing large format images for promo purposes that will end up on billboards and trucks and et cetera, et cetera. Um, And uh, Fujifilm's color profiles are amazing. Their new GFX 102, like I said, is using that same large format chip, but they have made it into obviously a video camera now. And so now they're competing with some of the cameras that are designed to look like Michael Bay sneakers. You know what I mean? Um, great company, great cameras. And here's what I love about Fujifilm more than anything else. Fujifilm supports filmmakers. So if you've been listening to the show and you've been listening to the Fujifilm creator series that we have on the show, you've heard all these short film filmmakers that have had their shorts financed by Fujifilm. Fujifilm is financing... uh, See, all the filmmakers now look up and they look at me. Fujifilm is financing short films for filmmakers. They're one of the few companies out there that do that, that don't just do unboxing uh, experiences and send you out free gear. They believe in... ah. nourishing and growing great talent, and then forming relationships, long-running relationships with them. That's why Fujifilm is a sponsor of our show. That's why I don't mind peddling off their gear because it's great and they're awesome. So make sure you click the link in the description of our episode. And remember, friendly reminder from In Love With The Process, you know, the podcast that you don't pay for, all of the links are trackable. So when you click the links, the sponsors don't think I'm lying when I tell them that you're listening. That's the actual proof that I need to continue to get money from our sponsors. So while you sit on the couch and you're surfing Instagram and listening to us, click the link. That's it, super simple, takes no time. I don't know why you don't fucking do it. All right, also supporting the show, friends over at Blackmagic. When we shot Come Home, we used a Blackmagic 6K Pro camera to do all of our B cam stuff. It was the camera that I had sitting next to me next to me at the edit station. So while I was watching the footage, I would go, shit, I need an insert of a light bulb. I was able to turn around, design a quick little set in the edit room and shoot it with my Blackmagic camera. And it seamlessly was brought into a project that I had shot with an Arri Alexa Mini LF using the Orion uh, Atlas Orion Anamorphics. So I was able to make all that stuff work simply and fast. And here's the thing, if you're a filmmaker, I really suggest you have an affordable camera with you to do pickups, to do B-cam stuff, but also if you have actors showing up and you wanna start shooting some rehearsals, you wanna shoot some stuff that you're like, man, this isn't gonna go anywhere, but it ends up in a film festival, it's always nice to have a camera at your fingertips to be able to play with. And Blackmagic makes the rigs for that, so does Fujifilm, two uh, competing companies that are sponsoring our show. But what Blackmagic does, that I use all the time, is they're behind DaVinci Resolve. So we used Resolve to do all of our color grading. We use Resolve to do all of our compositing for Come Home. Uh, I haven't jumped into the edit on this. Have you? Are you guys using Resolve to edit yet? Yeah, everybody's I, still having for the turkey thing. Yes. Are you gonna do it for the turkey thing? Yeah. Yeah, it, I like it, a lot. yeah it's crazy. It's like kind of a different format, right? And uh, like the language is a little different. I get kind of annoyed with like their inability to have sort of the same cut and paste language yeah, that every yeah. other program no, know, has. Yeah. yeah, that kind of annoys me. But they have, like, the new version, I think, is like 18.5, and it has all this mm-hmm. new AI tech for syncing and for, uh, like, uh, making your life a lot easier as far as prepping your projects and sorting through your bins and all that kind of stuff, which is kind of crazy cool. So but, I'm definitely into it, you know? Yeah. I'm yeah, using think, the
7: free version now, but yeah, I may work my way up to that AI thing when that, I try to sync shit up.
0: That's the cool thing about uh, Resolve, too, is yeah. that it is free so if you get it you can actually do a lot of really great work with it i th- i don't think you can do 4k editing
7: no, i don't think so no but
0: it's, no but it's still yeah. great it's still great and it's not that ch- it's not that expensive if you are going to purchase it yeah
7: that was the thing i was looking at premiere and i was like there's no fucking way i'm paying i'm like an indentured servant if i do <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: it's true it's true yeah yeah it's I mean. also
1: wicked easy to pick up like when i colored um our, our clips from motherfucker with the hat i'd never color graded before i just knew we had davinci on the computer at the house so i was like oh this is the thing that everyone's supposed to use let me try it out." And it was really easy to pick it up. And then if I got stuck somewhere, I'd go on YouTube and let's see what, you know, what's the fix for this, how to figure that out. And then whatever the solution was, I was like, oh, that's that's yeah. just like a few clicks. Okay, so that's pretty easy too. Yeah. So in terms of like picking it up as well, it's, I think it's good for other people to know that it's not an intimidating program no. to try to navigate either.
0: No, I mean, these days you can go to YouTube school for pretty much any program. For sure and to, and honestly it makes me a lazier person where i'm like yeah i'll figure it out and i always have like youtube sitting next to me like you have a client call can you do this yeah the youtube yeah. it right here Um, so, uh, it's also interesting that every time we do a black magic read on the show, all the filmmakers jump on the microphone. So that says something about what they're doing. So go check out the black magic stuff. Um, the link is in the description of the episode. What the fuck man? Also, let's see, also supporting the show, our friends over at Boca rentals. If you're in Los Angeles or Las Vegas, Boca rentals is the place to get your gear. Uh, I've said this since the beginning. If you're a filmmaker or a cinematographer and you're getting started in the business, I highly recommend you go make friends with your local rental company. It's the smartest thing in the world. You can do go over there before you have a project, go meet the rental agents, uh, go become friends with them, buy the beer, show up, get things. Because what happens is when you get in a bind and you're going to make your own piece, they'll be the first ones to give you a deal. They'll be the first ones to hook you up. Uh, Your local rental company is, they save your ass. They've saved my ass multiple times on multiple different projects that I've done. Um, And in California, we found Boca. What I like about them is that they believe in young filmmakers and young cinematographers. They know that we're the future of the business and their business. So they invest in us. They're always helping us out with projects. I know multiple of the filmmakers that have been in the festival that have got gear from Boca Rentals as well. Uh, They're a fantastic company. And if you go to their website, I think it's BocaRentals.com or their Instagram, they will post pictures Uh, Inventory photos, uh, they do side-by-side comparisons of what lenses we use to shoot specific scenes and their inventory of anamorphic lenses makes me drool, like it really does. Um, So I can't say enough great things about Boca Rentals. Uh, If you go, send me a photo from the spot and tell them I sent you and maybe they'll give give you the hookup. Maybe they'll tell you that Mike's an asshole. You You never know. Boca Rentals, the place to go in Los Angeles and Las Vegas, finally. If you are a newcomer to the show, and there's been a lot of new listeners jumping on because of the film quest thing, a lot of filmmakers, a lot of filmmakers' parents. One of the filmmakers' parents was very embarrassed with how many times we say fuck on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, if you're coming over here and uh, you want to listen to more episodes, and you're not a true comic book fan, which means you go back to issue number one and you read all the issues, uh, and you're lazy you can just go to and level the there i've curated the episodes by subject material so if you want to listen to all of our uh, award-winning cinematographers if you want to listen to our actors our directors or if you just want to listen to a, i did a series with a fire chief from los angeles trying to figure out if trump was full of shit and i asked him why he doesn't just doesn't go into the woods and rake the woods like trump was saying that would solve all the fire stuff it's a great episode it's a good one um, or the chef episodes, so they're all up there in leveltheprocess dot Check them out. Okay, let me uh, let's get back into it. Okay, we're back. Hi everybody. Hi. Hello. Thanks for sitting through those long ad reads. Um, so uh, I'm I'm excited. Like this group is great. Considering uh, I'm sweating, I'm really feeling it today. And
4: Sweating out all the whiskey. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Did you, were you guys doing whiskeys last night?
8: Uh, gin, and gin and tonics.
0: Yeah. Gin and Ooh. tonics. Smarter than me, man. Smarter <laughs> than me. And then, were you guys? You guys weren't at the party last night, were you?
6: No, we we got we had a crazy travel adventure. So many delayed flights and stuff. What happened? So, Where'd you come in from? Uh, Atlanta, and uh, we got in, and we're just we watched some films, but we were like, oh, can't stay for the party.
0: It's <laughs> too much. <laughs> did you fly? Into Salt Lake City, or did you fly into Provo? Oh, man,
6: we uh, tried to fly into Salt Lake City uh, several times, but we were going to Denver and Phoenix, and had to rebook several times. I'm not a huge fan of Frontier right now; they lost her bag. <laughs> oh shit, dude! We recovered it eventually, but uh, it was yeah. No, we didn't go. <laughs> that's a that's a nightmare,
0: man. Yeah, yeah. that's a nightmare.
7: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I want to go. If you haven't gathered by now, I like to say yes to things, and I was like. Falling asleep, like I could go to this party, and like I just didn't make it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. when did you come in yesterday? Yeah, I, f- I woke up at four thirty, coming in from Nightmares Fest in Ohio. So, yeah,
0: we were in Nightmares too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just found out that you didn't win. Yeah, Lance was nominated for Best Performance there.
1: So, Mike, I have a question for you guys. I'm just gonna, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was bummed too because, um, uh, we, we got along really well with the guys from Lure, and um, their lead was also nominated, and I was like, "Fuck, man!" After seeing the movie, I was like, "Oh, damn it! I think he's gonna get this." He's really good. Yeah, and then he didn't get it, either. and I was like, "Ah!" Oh. It's and it's it's always like an interesting feeling because like you had initially, if it's you're on the table, you're like, "I fucking want it." Then you see somebody else is working, you go, "Damn it, though, man!" Of course, I, I, you know, if this guy gets it, I will not be mad about it at all. Like he's yeah. so good, and then neither of us get it. Go. And fuck that. This
0: well, is politics. Well, there, yeah, but there's also this thing, right, with film festivals. When you get into a film festival, they immediately send you questions. And they go, they send you, like, a survey of questions. Mm-hmm. And they ask, like, who you are. And it's basically how they can market as you're coming in. And it's like, are you coming to the film festival? And so here's a little hack for those of you listening say yes and every time you do it if you say yes i'm going to come to the film festival then your chances of either being nominated or being a part of that thing are much much higher and we truth be told we were going to attempt to do both festivals It just this all worked out and we are are podcasting every day here so and we're here for like 11 days um so it just didn't work out but i don't care we we, you already didn't win so yeah when they were talking to me they were just writing me constantly going like are you going to come? are you going to come? and I go ah. and finally I hit a point where he's obviously going to check my Instagram I'm Like, yeah. yeah, I'm not I can't be there but Lance will be there we're going to send Lance yeah.
2: <laughs> I kept saying to the <laughs> and then I'm
0: like
1: hey you know what fuck it I think I can come out for the first three days too let's just do that
0: Yeah, yeah 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 so yeah. you didn't make it I'm not, I'm not saying that that's why you didn't win you know yeah. probably I imagine your, that's part of it though for sure yeah yeah and the other part's probably because your performance isn't as good as it should have been <laughs> it's not it's not as shit
1: <laughs> wait till you guys see it it's terrible or don't see it skip our block or watch everyone else's movie when you see come
0: home come up as soon as you see mike Pesci's, leave yeah <laughs> um so uh okay so what are you excited about because like, you guys are when did you guys come in
4: we got in yesterday. We drove from LA. Yep. Did a little road trip, but we stopped uh, about halfway and stayed in these like clear dome desert. Oh, beds. I've heard about Ooh. this stuff. It was pretty cool. Yeah. It, yeah. it was the,
5: it was the Hunter Moon that night. Yeah. So it was oh. very a f- very bright full moon. So the entire night you could just see like out the globe out, out of the dome we were staying in like. You could see for like a, a mile, like as far as the mountains. You could see the detail in the Super desert; everything cool. just illuminated, and it was it was very. Interesting and eerie.
2: Mm -hmm.
4: Not the best night's sleep of my life, I'll be (laughs)
5: honest. Right. But a cool experience and a great setup for a horror movie. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Very cool. So
4: we drove in from there yesterday morning because we were up with the sun. Yeah. You know, also cannot sleep in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So we were a little little sleepy, but luckily we broke up the trip, which was nice. We got in yesterday about like 4.30 or something. It's
0: like a, what, 10 hour drive?
4: Yeah, about.
0: Mm -hmm. What part of LA are you guys from?
4: Uh, we live in Sherman Oaks
0: And I'm in uh, West Hollywood Oh great, great, yeah We're over in I'm on the east side So I'm in Glendale Nice mm-hmm. And then Lance is in uh, P-Town
3: Should we talk about traffic? You guys want to talk
2: about that? <laughs> Yeah,
0: yeah Well, I'll be honest, man I don't I don't really hit much traffic Being in Glendale Glendale's in like the best Sort of like We go over, we go under We don't really go through that often
4: This episode sponsored by Glendale Yeah Glendale <laughs> yeah.
2: Gallery.
4: Yeah
0: You need some more Armenians in your life? Come on over <laughs> So, um, and then, uh, so you're still in New York?
7: Yeah, I live in Brooklyn.
0: Yeah, and then you're in Atlanta still, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. So Atlanta's got like a really sweet uh, film community over there. I mean, with The Walking Dead being as long as it does, you guys, there must be some like flexed fucking grips and shit over there. Oh,
6: yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the place to be for crew, for sure. Yeah. Um, all creative and money still LA, yeah. New York, but um, yeah, incredible talent down there.
0: Yeah. Um, Crew and strip clubs. And strip clubs. We have, yeah, a lot of great strip clubs. Some of the craziest yeah, yeah. entertainment that I've ever seen down there. Strip
6: clubs with great buffets. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. And I mean like entertainers. Like, yeah. I mean, I've, you know, I, I've recently engaged, been with my girlfriend for 13 years. I don't go to strip clubs to buy anything. I go to strip <laughs> clubs to see the dancing and all the craziness. And it's pretty wild down there, man. They put on a show. Yeah, yeah. Damn. And uh, what's the, uh, what's the uh, the crazy one that's underneath the... uh Claremont. Claremont. Claremont Lounge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
6: that's, uh, that's... A
1: novelty.
0: Oh, you a, had that really fast. <laughs> I knew. I feel like you should have like lingered on it a bit. I should, uh, uh, Claremont. Have yeah. you talk about Claremont? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just I knew where that was going. Yeah. That, that place. I, I, th- so I recently saw because I haven't been there. Oh, Jesus, in like twelve years. So the last time I was there was when that hotel above it was mm-hmm. just kind of abandoned, and they had written like Claremont on like bed sheets in the back. You'd go yep. around, and it was like, oh yeah.
6: It's so oh, all yeah.
0: gentrified now in yeah. a yeah. fancy hotel, but mm. I remember. And, yeah, we went to the spot. Me and my friend. So basically, uh, Atlanta's such a crazy, fun place if you go. And uh, we ended up uh, getting invited down to be on one of the Farley Brothers sets, and so it was a wild adventure. Nice. And so uh, we get in the to, to this hotel, and one of the things that I love to do is uh bar safaris. Is what we call them. So I would do music videos for years, and. You'd have to go to wherever the hell the musician was. And my assistant, Tony, who I miss, he had been with me for like eight years. His main job every time we went somewhere was like, you got to make me a list of like the shitholes in town. You got to make me a list (laughs) of the cool places in town. And our deal is this, we will book for the job, but we'll keep an extra two days at the back end and we'll go on a bar safari. And the move is you take that list with you. You go to the first bar, you talk to the bartender and you ask them, you tell them what you're doing. You go, what's your list? And then you throw your list out and then you go to the next place and you ask them what's your list and then you throw that list out. And we've done that all over the country and it's a great way. You do it on like a Monday, Tuesday, you know, so you can get yeah. into everywhere. And it's a great way to meet the locals, it's a great way to meet all the different folks and then you end up on these really weird strange adventures. <laughs> I'm
7: sure. How's the bar safari in Provo going? Yeah. Short. <laughs> One bar.
0: <laughs> One bar and we did it last night. It's a great yeah, bar. It is a great bar. It's That's great. where all the undesirables go. Yeah. Here in Probably. Would you say the UDs? <laughs> the UDs, yeah. Check out all the UDs oh, in this man. place. Um, yeah. so we did that in uh Atlanta and we stayed at this hotel and we talked to the doorman and we're like, where should we go? And the doorman's like, we'll go here. And I remember we gave the address, this is all years ago. he gave the address to the cab guy, and he goes, Are You sure? <laughs> And we didn't we, we were flown in, we weren't keeping track of where we are. You get in a cab and as you're as you're going, you're like, you take a left, you take a left, you take a left, you take a left, you're like, There's four fucking lefts. I don't I have no idea where we're headed. And he drives us out to the middle of nowhere, and there's this fucking abandoned hotel. Right? And so he pulls in the, it's dark, pulls in the parking lot, and we're like, huh? And he
2: goes, Well,
8: this is it.
0: <laughs> and we're like, Okay, all right. So we get out and it's like all those heat bugs, you know, like the, the sounds of the heat mm-hmm. bugs and shit, and you just get out there and you're like okay and the cab and the cab's gone and you're just standing in this fucking parking lot in the middle of atlanta at night in the dark yeah and you look around and and uh, and i was with uh, my old partner at the time and and i'm like what the fuck is this place is closed and he's like i don't know what's this thing around the corner so we walk around and there's like this rickety little like two by four built thing with like a single light bulb and you have to climb down these stairs to get, <laughs> get on the back fucking horror movie shit yeah climb all the way down and it's like where the hell are we going turn the corner and on the back side taped up our bed sheets and like written in like shoe polish it's like no cameras no this no that and you make your way down and I'm, this isn't me elaborating we walk our way down towards the door as we approach the door the doors get thrown open and a guy gets tossed out oh my God. and the bouncer comes out and he's pow 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 shit beats this fucking guy the guy gets up and walks away and then with bloody hands he goes 10 bucks <laughs> and reaches out and me and my friend go yeah all that, all that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh inside that place if you've never been it's fucking wild i don't know if it's the same since they've gentrified everything
6: um i I don't know if I can speak to that era of it, but I, I think it's relatively
0: been the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. They had like all those red tassel lights everywhere. Yeah. 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 yeah.
6: The, I mean, it's it's the last, one of the few standing places there. It was next to the famous, uh, what was donned, murder Kroger, which has now been Ooh. destroyed. Yeah. yeah. Just murders all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's still standing, still going. Yeah. you. What is it like a Friday Night Adventure for you? Uh, No, no, not. You know, I gotta, I gotta save some money, put it towards some films.
0: (laughs) But it's a crazy place. It was a crazy place for 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 people, and we ended up broing down with the owners, and we're like, we'll come here do music videos and stuff. So
6: we actually filmed there for Suicide Squad too. So yeah, different experience being in there, like during the day with no <laughs> the one there, all the lights on. I was like, okay. Is
0: a- Atlanta's yeah. a fu- I, I love Atlanta. Atlanta's a fun yeah. fucking place. I feel like yeah. you have
4: a travel channel show ahead of you, a little bar yeah. safari travel Ooh, channel show. Oh, no, I've,
0: I've been talking to the agents about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool, yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but, uh, all right. Well, sorry, I went off on that diatribe. Um, so, you guys are all together. We're all meeting each other for the first time. Does anybody have any questions in general? Does anybody have, like or let's open up the therapy session. Does anybody feel alone with something that they do? (laughs) You know, is there something that as a film, as a filmmaker, what is the thing that you think you suck the most at right now?
6: Yeah, here we
0: go. Open up, guys. I mean,
6: a lot of things. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm very good at like setting up, putting the, like you said, setting the environment for capturing lightning, but I'm really trying to Be better about, you know, on set in the moment, trying to find those better nuggets and things like that. What do you mean? What do you mean? Uh, just, I feel like when I get on set, I just, maybe I haven't needed it to do it. Really, honestly, with this film, uh, Good Arts, I, I wrote the script for the actors. I knew the place we were going to shoot. I wrote it for that and then graciously asked them, or they graciously gave me the place to do it. Um, and i don't know I, it just is a weird feeling i don't know if i'm doing something wrong i just feel like i like sit back and i'm like it, it's all working i don't know if i need to like get more, uh, uh, do i need more options later in the edit and it's so, it's
0: so you're worried that you're not doing enough work to justify calling yourself a director exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know impossible. sometimes sometimes being a director means that you don't have to do a lot of work because you've enough. done all your work in prep right yeah yeah do you guys all feel the same way do you guys feel like you're not doing enough
4: um well, on that thought, I mean, I think like the director's job is to hire the best people that are really, really good at their job. So you don't have to do their jobs. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's something I feel like it's. You're, you're steering the ship, right? But you can't also be, uh, I I can't go further with the ship metaphor. I don't know who, what jobs there are yeah. on ships. Yeah. You can't be rowing. You
0: can't be rowing the boat. No, You mm. can't
4: be so in the sails. <laughs> I don't know what jobs are on ships, uh, but you know what I mean? Like you, you gotta be setting the mood. You gotta be setting the tone. You gotta be like, I don't know. I, so I, I, I think my thing that I f- struggle with in filmmaking and in life is, um, Like, follow through, like, um, you know, if the only person I'm letting down is myself, then like, oh, well, okay. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, following through just for me, like, to do it because I have this idea, I want to do it.
0: So, wait, 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 so you're having trouble getting started to just do it for you? Like, you need other people to be involved for you to get a project going?
4: Uh, Yeah, like, it's like, oh, I have this idea, I should write this script. Or like, oh, I have, like, I literally have a script, like someone gave me money like i gotta shoot it uh, i gotta shoot it eventually you know like the yeah. follow-through of something that is just mine it's like mm-hmm. i'm the only one who cares about this i have to care about it enough to make it happen mm-hmm. um without leaning on um you know like other people being like let's make it let's make it Let's right right, it, let's right, right. Do it. It, like
0: needing that outside stress to sort of push you yeah. into that thing why do you think that is
4: oh I think definitely a bit of imposter syndrome coming from being an actor moving to the other side of camera for sure. Also, I'm in a weird place where, you know, like I'm a SAG actor, I have reps, I still audition and I love acting, but I don't put any energy to it anymore because I really love producing and directing. Um, Why you,
0: wait, 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 why are you a good director?
4: Why am I a good director? Yeah, um, I care a lot. I'm incredibly empathetic. So I feel like i uh, I know I'm a puzzle piecer, put together you know like Mm -hmm. i I feel like i can see the bigger picture and like where all the pieces are gonna
0: fall in hold on hold on let me ask your talent (laughs) let me ask your talent why is she why is she a good director this is really
3: Uh, therapy no uh danielle's incredible uh there i'm thinking of one specific moment where we were shooting a scene and uh we were it's like an intimate moment together and she's in it she's like being the the actor that you want But she's also producing and she's like telling the sound guy where to move and like doing all these other things and like, uh, seeing the big picture and knowing where she fits in and, uh, how things are going to work together, but also doing it while you're acting. And like, it blows my mind how much you can do at one time.
0: What's, what's it like being on their set? You, what's it like being on their set? um
3: i mean it's just hanging out it's just my friends and making something weird and cool and i i feel so spoiled because like that's just how i always want it to be now like Mm -hmm. i I don't want to work for uh like i I don't know like a, a big marvel movie or something like that like i love the the intimacy that we get and i love like just the the shorthand you get from just knowing people and mm-hmm. making stuff together uh, is like super exciting.
0: So you're on your deathbed and you're going back and you're remembering all these memories in your life. Is there a memory on one of their sets that'll pop in your head? Oh, I'm sure. Um,
4: lots of giggling.
3: Oh yeah, lots of <laughs> laughing. Um, so I'm I'm officiating Danielle and Stephen's wedding uh, in real life. Um, and we uh, had to shoot a sex scene, Danielle and I, um, that Stephen wrote. <laughs> um <laughs> dirty bastard <laughs> um and so i like literally we were just like laughing through this whole thing because it's very funny i've known danielle for years she's like a, a sister to me um and uh literally just on top of her looking into her eyes being like I'm officiating your wedding <laughs>
0: <And laughs>
4: Stevens behind the camera weirdly licking his lips
3: yeah yeah play, what's that know.
0: breathing noise yes, exactly. <laughs> just, yes, yes. that's actually really
6: weird because one of our main actors Jonathan Wade officiated my what me and my wife's wedding mm. and I met my wife on set as well oh, so nice. are you gotta write a scene
7: are you gotta write a to keep scene keep where they the have fan. sex together <laughs> I swear someone in my film also officiated my
0: wedding shut up oh, yeah. Yeah. that's oh, yeah.
4: that's the title of this yeah. episode
0: <laughs> shut up i feel like someone's lying yeah that's cool it's man crazy.
4: yeah but i i mean i think you know getting outside of yourself the same thing talking about acting where it's like not about you like mm. even as a director like even if this is your baby even if this is at a certain point like it's not about you anymore yeah. Yeah. and that's a hard thing to reckon with
0: it is isn't it
1: I had a question for you guys since we're looking at sort of like talking about imposter syndrome and those feelings. I'm curious, when you're, whenever you're feeling that way or going through those sort of hurdles, what do you do? What's your go to to kind of get your confidence back? Is it like, well, there's a, there's a comfort movie you go to? Is there a hobby that sort of centers you? Like, what's the thing you do to sort of re pour back into yourself?
3: Mm. Uh, I mean, I, kind of a lame answer, but meditation. Um, I was oh, <laughs> not um, yeah, I, I, love meditating and it always, yeah, brings me back for sure. Uh, I,
6: it's, I, I just have to do it again. Like I have to shoot something yeah. and like remind myself that I, I can do this and I am good at this. So like a mm-hmm. little bit of a tangent, but there is a community in Atlanta that does weekly. It's like a weekly challenge. We roll dice, set rules, and then make a film that week and premiere it in front of everyone. No shit. And it's incredible. And I feel like that's what got me ready for this film is like I just did those as met, as much as I could and I made like 10 micro shorts leading up to this film and just getting back into the groove. Like the more I sit not doing it, yes. I'm like oh, oh god, man. I'm awful. Why am I doing this? Yes, I dude. Quit and- yes, <laughs> yeah, dude. So-
0: <laughs> yes, dude. It took us like our film that we did here and I've talked about this a bunch, but our film this was ultimately therapy our relationship was therapy for this because we were it was covid i had a rejection on a huge feature that was going to happen and then um we we were just sort of thrust into the into the reality of how this business works and and Mm -hmm. um this movie and our relationship together on this pulled me out of a pretty deep depression yeah i literally went into therapy because of this business and so um yeah man and and getting back into it because it had been a while, it had been a fucking while since I had been on set, because, you know, we moved to LA five months, me and my girl, my fiance now, me and my fiance moved to LA five months before COVID.
8: Mm -hmm. Then we went
0: into the lockdown. Mm -hmm. And then we went into all the other bullshit, and then the strike. And so it's, and, uh, you know, I'm not a special snowflake, we all feel this way. And the depression that sort of comes from that, just from the the lack of shooting it had been like
1: three something Mm -hmm. years yeah and even at that point like i remember uh trying to get reps at the time and just struggling so much and i had an acting coach very graciously was trying suggesting me referring me to to solid reps and the question they kept asking is like yes shit's great why is he not repped and i thought awesome they'll just be like (laughs) sick so let's get him and instead what was happening was everyone was going well what's the deal is he is he a problem or something yeah like what's the issue and he started having to just use the excuse, which ended up becoming like a common thing of like, oh, we got here right before COVID happened. So like if COVID hadn't happened, you know, it would have been totally different for him. And I thought, okay, brilliant. Fuck yeah, that's that's justifiable. But then well, by the time we got to our piece, like we're com- we've been out of lockdown and yeah, the world yeah. was getting back to it. And I still didn't have reps and not, still fucking don't. And like, you're just sitting there going, oh, I don't really get this fucking excuse no more. like. Okay, what the fuck am I supposed to be doing? Did I was
0: this a fucking mistake to be here? I, dude, I do not envy any of you for acting. Like mm. it's it's the like it's first off, it's I have nothing but admiration mm. for it, right? Because uh, to have that to have that courage to get in front of the camera and do that stuff. Yeah. Um, but then, second, it's like you're completely reliant upon uh, a filmmaker or someone else to sort mm-hmm. of show up. And uh, bring you something, and then you're completely reliant upon a casting agent or someone mm-hmm. that likes you yeah. to put you yeah. in the right place at the right time. And being, we've been in casting sessions as directors. I'm sure mm-hmm. um, I have found cast and cast people because of castigations being like this is the person you know what i mean and so
4: yeah you have to have an advocate
0: you definitely absolutely
7: and you just you have to find people that you can open up to and trust because so much of this is stepping out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. into situations you don't understand you know uh that for me that's how how i guess i cope with things if i don't feel like they're going well Uh, i just have a good group of people i can open up to and also you know coming up in a comedy writer's room you learn to develop like a thick skin for just like you know you pitch a joke nobody laughs you have to move on and over the years you just kind of like don't feel that anymore so on set we got richard kind to be in the film and you know this is my first time directing i don't tell him this and uh you know he's been directed by the cohen brothers like yeah dude it's very intimidating and he was kind of like you know going off about something he didn't understand which he Leading up to it, he was like, "I might get frustrated and get like loud about things, and I didn't expect it to, you know he, he was right he, <laughs> <laughs> then he sent me a text after the shoot, like, I'm sorry, by the way, I, that's why my wife left me, and I can't tell if he's joking yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. but I think my thing is I just sort of disassociate in the moment. Mm. I'm like watching the situation play out, you know, and, and that's all you could kind of do, yeah, and then uh, it's like you were saying earlier, Danielle, too, like the director is setting the tone of the film. So I'm just trying to make sure I'm like not being affected by this and like keep it moving along. Seem like I know what I'm doing. Directing is really just about making decisions. I think Mm -hmm. hiring people that you trust and then they present you with a couple of options and you pick the one that is the least bad or the best. Yep. And also, you know, at the end of our film, we shot in a real funeral home and we use this like really creepy room at the end in the basement. The basement was crazy. It was like a catacomb. And when we're setting up, I noticed, uh, there was like there were boxes of, of that said human remains on them, you know, and the art department. I asked them to like dirty something up, oh, and, no. and they kicked something around on the floor, and then this room that was fine was now just filled with dust, Ooh. and the crew ran out and got you know surgical you know construction masks to wear, and my actors can't wear masks, so I didn't want to wear a mask. I feel like I, I can't yeah. I I have, I have to be in this with them. You know, the captain goes down with the ship. More ship. More ship stuff. Um, ship things. So I, I breathed in people, I think.
0: Yeah. You know. <laughs> so uh, you're now... What you do for your art. You're now uh, haunted by the spirit of uh, at least six or seven That explains people. the nightmares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you bring up an excellent point on how, that is our job as directors. Mm-hmm. You feel like you just have multiple waiters showing up with trays of food, and you're just like, I'll take the steak, I'll take this, and medium rare, and give me that, and grab me this. And sometimes... Uh, for some folks, uh, making decisions is a is a very sort of anxiety fueled thing. Like I uh, might make oh, yeah. the right decision, might not make the wrong decision. And uh, I'm reading, uh, or I'm listening to, because I can't read right now, uh, Rick Rubin's book that just came out on creativity. It's really great, and he talks about making decisions. And he talks about how uh, when you have two things presented to you, most of the time you're drawn to one of those things, and you eventually, over time you get the experience and gain the knowledge to just trust that initial instinct. But he's saying that sometimes you have two things that are presented to you and you can't, you can't feel that thing. You don't know which way you should go. And so he suggests you do something called the coin toss method, right? Which sounds pretty rudimentary. Mm. Heads or tails, you flip the coin and you would assume that you call heads or tails and then whatever that is, you go. But the trick with this is, as you flip that coin, inadvertently you're actually while the coin's spinning you're actually thinking about one of them over the other and it doesn't matter how that coin lands you actually pick the one that you were thinking about as the coin flips Mm. through the air
2: Mm.
0: which is pretty interesting
2: Mm. oh yeah
1: yeah i think that's great i heard somebody do a similar thing recently where like once the the coin landed and they saw the thing was they were like ah well there's your answer because you didn't you you immediately had the reactions you did not want that one thing so it's got to be the other one right
0: Dude, I'm I'm finding the Rick Rubin book. Have you started listening to it yet? I haven't,
1: but I definitely want to know. Dude, I, I, and
0: I, like, I always I always take self, self-help books with like a grain of fucking salt because I'm from <laughs> the East Coast. So I'm like, what's this guy doing? How much yeah. is he getting paid? Um, but it's been really fucking interesting. And, and the, the process, the older I get, and I've been doing this for like 20-some years. So you go through these different stages as a director, right? Your first like 10 years are you just learning as much as you possibly can. And you can actually hide in the learning process you can just say i'm young i don't know what the fuck's going on and so you're mm-hmm. trying to figure all this stuff out and then oftentimes it's a hard thing to not get lost in the learning process because then you have to evolve right you mm-hmm. you hit that 10 year mark and suddenly do i have clients and our clients call me back and how do I get these clients and so then you go into like that 10 to 15 year mark where now you're working and now you have clients and you're doing this stuff but then am i challenging myself or am i just trying to feed these clients and uh, you know, I used to run a production company and I was just lost in that game of like looking for the the money and how do I get the money and I wasn't creating enough. And so then you are like, all right, so how do I evolve beyond that? And with the Rick Rubin stuff, which is interesting and it's not new. I think he's sort of pulling it all in and writing it down. Um, well, he starts to really uh, talk about how to how to understand that creativity itself is here and it exists Mm -hmm. and how to, uh, take all of this stuff that you've taught yourself and put it on the back burner and just be aware and be aware of creativity as it comes and understand that it's like a muscle. It's like having to go jog or stretch in the morning or do something, allow yourself to open yourself up to to let that creativity in and feel confident and comfortable. The fact that it will come as long as you're open to it and, uh, and and it's it, it's interesting to have that vibe with what we do, because so much of our stuff is the business. You guys weren't here for the sales agent stuff, right? No. No, yeah, mm. that was really fucking depressing to listen to those guys.
2: Oh. <laughs> sounds terrible.
0: I yeah. Imagine. Yeah. So like that, but that's the dirty other side of our work, right? Because it doesn't matter how good we are. If you hit a plateau and you're like, well, I want to work with more actors and I need more money, then suddenly it's business, and it's not just your friends. So. It's
4: and deserving that you that you like should get that. I mean believing yeah. that you deserve that, you know, that's a huge mental hurdle to get over in the process too, where it's like, I'm not gonna fuck it up. The more money I get, like mm-hmm. the more pressure there is. Like, I can do this and I am good enough. I do deserve this money and, and to make the project bigger and to make bigger and better things. You,
0: I do you do you do you believe that about yourself, friends?
4: Hell yes. Give me money. Yeah, yeah
0: there we go. <laughs>
1: That makes me think, too, about what we say um, on the way towards this process of getting into the career, like that moment when you can confidently say, for me, right, uh, I'm an actor. When someone says, what do you do, with the point where I stop saying, I drive for Uber, and I start saying, I'm an actor, I'm curious, what was that moment for you guys along the way where you could confidently sit with, I'm a director, I'm a writer, I'm an actor?
7: I couldn't wait to say I was a writer because I didn't think I'd be one for very long. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Like,
2: as soon as you got a chance, go for it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh,
7: I think for me, it was this film. I
6: I would go through, like, so many phases of, like, what I was doing. I'm an editor. I'm a VFX. And now I'm like, no. I'm a director who knows VFX. I'm a director first and foremost. And, like. I'm feeling confident in that and want to only market myself as that. Congratulations, dude. Thank you.
5: That's a good thing. I think for me, it was when I stopped filming weddings. Mm. <laughs> uh, nice. You know, since I moved to Los Angeles, I was always a freelancer, but I kind of got into this group of shooting weddings, and that was my main source of income. And it was, you know, a pretty good gig in my, you know, my mid-20s but it was really hard to give that up. You know, it was a bit of a jump of like, okay, I'm gonna just stop doing that. Yeah. And I am going to pursue like cinematography work elsewhere. And um, you know, I, it was scary, but I made that transition. And I think that was the point where I like, it's like, okay, I'm,
0: I'm doing this, you know. How long did it take you to go from being a wedding uh, cinema, a wedding videographer to a cinematographer?
5: No time. Uh, yeah, I mean like, you know, I was already shooting other stuff. But I just kind of had this crutch. Yep. You know? Yep. Um, so it was just a matter of making the decision and then focusing my energy and my efforts on, you know, doing things I was more interested in.
0: Mm-hmm. And has there, was there a point when you were in it and you're standing in it and you're with it that you just were like, this is it. Like, this this was the reason why I made this decision. Did you, did you, did you feel that point? Do you remember when it was?
5: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if there was a specific moment but just you know within six months to a year after making that decision i could just i just looked at you know i could look at my life and be like okay you know
0: that that wasn't so hard (laughs) dude that's great and i'm mining it out of you because i'm living vicariously through you like it's it's that's why we do this shit, man like like it our our wow it's become such a quiet little therapy session
8: on the show (laughs) uh
0: like uh what we do is so lonely, you know? And like, you guys are in an interesting situation, right? Because you're a couple, like, how does that work at home for you guys? Are you like, is, and you guys are like co-directing stuff. Like, how do you, how do you make that work? Uh, yeah.
5: It's a, I think it's an interesting challenge that we are definitely still learning to navigate and probably will for the rest of our lives. Uh, you know, the separation of like, okay, you know, just being at home and being with each other as, you know, human people uh, <laughs> versus like business partners. Versus aliens. Yeah. Versus <laughs> alien
0: business partners. Versus non-human filmmakers. Uh-huh. Yeah.
8: yeah.
4: Um, I think a lot of com- like working on our communication, uh, we are really, really good at saying what we feel and how we feel and feel comfortable talking to each other openly and honestly on set and at home.
5: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the skills are kind of transferable, I think, to both situations. yeah you know? yeah.
4: Um, I think we have a great shorthand on set, which uh, like Steven because Stephen shot our short. He's mm-hmm. an incredible cinematographer. And so our co-directing, mine is a lot of the verbal load and his directing comes a lot down to how he's opping and the decisions mm-hmm. he's making kind of with the camera like as this other you know character. Yeah. Choices in that way. Um, I think for sure we speak to each other in a way we would not speak to other professionals uh-huh. if I was co-directing with someone uh-huh. else. Sometimes uh,
5: in a good way, sometimes in a good Yeah. Way. <laughs> you know? But we try to keep it professional. Yeah, like
4: you know, we try not to have like, mommy and daddy are fighting on yeah. set. You know, yeah, yeah. I think we're really good at keeping that separate, and we just like. I'm insanely obsessed with this human. I love working with him. And I think even if we weren't also romantic partners, I, I mean, there's no way we could have worked together and not been romantic partners, but if like, for whatever reason we weren't, I think we would still work together. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I think our brains are very different, but very complementary, And uh, we also just think the same things are funny. and and just like love giggling with each other about the stupid silly stuff we want to make and the scary stuff and the weird stuff and I think that's why it works
0: Mm, very very cute
4: (laughs) Well,
0: look I I completely understand my my fiance is uh, an amazing photographer and she's an amazing director and we've been together as a couple for 13 years and when we first got together um, I was very against it because she was kind of in the business. And I'm like, I'm not dating someone in the business. Like, it, it was just, we, the concern always is like, is one of us doing better than the other one? And how do we process that? Is there any sort of jealousy? Is there any kind of thing that's going on with this? And over the years, we we sort of came up with this rule set for us that works really well, which is, we're never going to co-direct, but you can hire me, and I'll hire you. And so what happens is you end up working for these folks. And I love working for her because of my cinematography background. I really don't do it much anymore. And so uh, she'll call me up and I have to do boyfriend duties, which she's like, hey, will you come light for me? And I'm like, is there a rate? And she's like, no. <laughs>
2: oh,
8: yeah. So
0: like it's like you show up and, and it's fun for me because I get to help her progress and become really great at what she does. But I also get to hyper-focus on what I love, which is lighting. And lighting so much fucking fun. And so... I get to sort of dial that in, and and uh, we were shooting um, uh, recently. It was funny. We were shooting uh, Michelle Randolph. She's in um, the Yellowstone show, the one with Harrison Ford. She's okay, the, yeah. the, the blonde. She's great. And uh, uh, Gina was doing a, a spread for her, and we're on the set. And when you're doing fashion or photography, it's really fucking quick. And when I'm lighting for her, she's like a she's like a fucking 12 year old on set where she has like all her filters all over the floor and she's all over the place and i've no i now know that i'm putting all my lights on rolly stands whenever i'm working with her because i'm running around doing shit while she does it and when you're shooting photography and even film but with photography specifically two centimeters changes everything like the angle of light changes everything and how you turn away changes everything so while she's shooting, and she's pop, pop, I'm over, and like, like like trying to make it perfect, trying to make it perfect. And sometimes she'll walk away, and I'll go, Gina, Gina, shoot, 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 and I'll have her come over, and <laughs> so she comes back over, and I'm like, no, 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 shoot, 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 shoot. And, so she's like, oh, and she's like, oh, and she's shooting, and she's like, yeah, yeah, and I go, I'm barking at her, and she runs around the other side, she's like, so then we're doing the shoot stuff. And we're there, and I'm, I'm hanging out with uh, Michelle. As Gina was like offloading images, and I'm sort of sitting on the set, and she doesn't know us; she doesn't understand the dynamic. And so I'm sitting there, and a and one of my favorite things to do with actresses is I say to actresses all the time, "I'm like, you know, if you're gonna buy beers for someone on set, it should be the lighting department." <laughs> oh yeah, right, because yeah. they're gonna make you look awesome. She's like, "Yeah." And I go, "So when you go back to Yellowstone, make sure you're fucking hitting those guys up with the stuff." And she's sitting there, and she goes, "What's your deal?" she's like I've never I've never seen a lighting guy that can yell at a photographer like that I've never seen someone that could do the yell thing and I'm like yeah it's boyfriend duties
4: (laughs) I like to live my life under the um speaking about like the competition and feeling like oh is someone doing better than me or like with partners but also you find that with friends in the industry too like someone's win um I feel like my career. I want it to be in that sort of like Judd Apatow, like Wes Anderson. Like I want to work with the same people. I like love having the same people on set, both in front of and behind the camera. Like, so I see when someone has a win, it's a win for the group. You know, like your your step forward is gonna be. I mean, I'm not trying to say like writing coattails, but because it's like Mm. I'm surrounding myself with talented fucking people. Yeah. And like my win is their win my money is their money. Like more money for me means more money for you. Absolutely. More, a bigger project for me is a bigger project for you. And I know that's like how our, our core people work and believe. And, and and I think that's like how you have to live without, like it can't be about jealousy. It can't be about someone succeeding. And I'm not like,
3: right. And like you were saying, it, it, it can be such a lonely industry. And like, so finding those people that you work with and like, if you have that attachment and you can all like, raise each other up and yep. get to the next level like that is it to me like yep. that's what it's all about
0: but that's also what this business is about too right so they we they talk about like nepotism in this business and they talk about like uh glass ceilings or like uh gatekeeping and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff but the truth of the business is regardless That kind of is the deal like we all find our own little clubs we all find our little things not because we're like fuck strangers you know what i mean it's more because like uh, we're here i'm under a lot of stress and i can go uh, uh," to you and you're like all right cool i'll do this and this and this like that's basically what it comes down to and i don't think it's a bad thing and i think as long as us as creatives are still staying open and allowing new folks to sort of filter through our system that it is yeah. then th- that's good man I, I think it the opposite game and I've talked to I've had uh, many like um, amazing women cinematographers that have been on our show and uh, especially over the past few years there's a whole lot of placement that's going on where like certain places sure. have to check Absolutely. things off and they're like okay so we're gonna hire you and uh, I won't name who what specific cinematographer this was, but she's like, I come with my home team. I've got all my boys that are great. And a lot of times the, the, the dudes that are are gripping are mostly dudes. These are guys that are like rough and gruff and they want to go out there and they're going to break their asses for me. And mm-hmm. that's what the, the thing is. But she had producers that were like, the entire crew's got to be women. And she's like, fuck, like now I have to work with all these people that I don't know and I don't have this mm-hmm. relationship with and they're all coming with their own sense of egos and their own sense of placement. And so I, I don't think that's necessarily the, the right way to do it. I think it's about leaving it open so that anybody can do it. And you can chime in on this because I don't want to be the guy saying this. Yeah,
4: no, I mean, I know I've gotten directing opportunities because I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. Like I know that for a fact. And like, I think, um, you know, obviously I also think I was the best person for of the course, job, of you know? And so it's a weird thing. I mean, we had an experience, experience of that too, where I was directing a, uh, thing that was like directed towards women in color, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Women of color, women
8: in color. <laughs> like young
4: girls learning. <laughs> now in full color.
0: It's like, it's like Wizard of Oz. So it was like, color. you know,
4: helping teaching young girls how to code, right? Yeah, and yeah. Stephen was like, I want to have all feet. Like, I'm like going to be the only dude on this set. I want to have all female people, like a uh, gaffer and, and grip. And then the last minute, his female gaffer dropped out and he replaced herself with a white dude and we're like well there There we go like you could Uh, just try your best you know like you all you can do is try your best but it's like ultimately i get what people are trying to do with that with the placement sure it's important but i think it's more important that it's like if you're putting a a woman or a person of color or whatever at the top letting them fill in with who they want to work with yes and then it's like you know they're not gonna hire Assholes, you know, like yeah, you're filling it yeah. in with allies, which is like the whole point. Exactly. Like the whole point is that it should be that, like, whoever is best for the job gets it, and that it's not like no one's getting a job anymore because they're a white man. Yeah, and exactly. And it probably used to be that way, and yeah. I don't think it is that way anymore, you no, know, like.
0: No. It, it, I, let me just let me just say this. I missed that whole boat. <laughs> like, I missed that whole boat. Like, yeah. I, you guys agree? Like, I'm waiting to find that room where I fist pump a guy and he goes, Come on in, brother. He gives yeah. him a cigar. And yeah, he's like, I, I Here's a mean. fucking yeah. career. Like,
7: it's, hard, it's hard to not question uh, in these moments, like, yeah, Did you get the job because you know the right person or is it because you're right for the job? And yeah. I, I, I definitely had to think about that when I got my gig on Jokers because I got it because I met the guy through hanging out my very first week. They were like, "All right, let's see what your buddy what what your buddy's got." You know, and like it was very much a challenge. Like, are you his friend, or can you can you stand up and like, yeah, you know, can you do the thing? Yeah. And then even with the short, or specifically with our show, it is a big family. It's one of those weird gigs where people have been on it for years, which is very rare in TV. And we work together on all kinds of projects. But like when I hired for my short, I pulled from that team of people that I've been working with for years, men, women, whoever's best for the job, but also you know, like someone that's mostly like the art assistant is now the production designer. So these are those opportunities to give someone a chance to get a whole new credit and use what you know that they can do. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what you have to balance is like not just hiring someone because they're, not even if you whether you know they're good for the job or not, just you trust that they will be able to step up to it.
0: That's a big thing to, and for me, I say this all the time. I, I hire people that I want to drink beers with, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and that's a, that's hire more cool, important. Nice people yeah who are
4: good at their job,
1: yeah, yeah. Like, big time. and yeah. yeah, what you're saying about like creating the new opportunities, right? Like I think that's that's one thing that's really cool about this business is that we, as you work harder and move your way up, you can afford to give other people that you that you love, that you like to work with those opportunities. We were just talking about this the other night, that like between like the actor director relationship where if your friend who's director gets to the place to make that first big feature and they're they're successful enough with it that they go, Yeah, well who do you want to put in the role? And they go, Oh, I want my fucking buddy to play this role. Awesome, great. Like and then, as the actor, if your career happens to take off first, and you go, "Oh, what do you want to do next? I want to do my buddy's movie." So, fucking hire him, and let's make his movie. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's such a beautiful thing that our business creates is that the more success you find, the more opportunity and doors you can open for other people.
7: Yeah, but also, I mean, you brought this up earlier a little bit. There is this mixture of art and commerce, you know. Yeah. And uh, Paul Schrader talked about like how he would he would hire people to do the next gig. Uh, and, and do the same thing, like basically up, put them a position higher to avoid paying them more. It was like the trade off. You got a credit. Mm-hmm. And that was how he would function to con- continue to make things like independently for lower budgets. That's really so that's also the, it's a, it's a savvy, it's like savvy on the one side. That's like the left part of your brain, but also the right part is like, I want to give people opportunities. Yeah, you know? of course, of you know?
0: course. And I always think of like, I don't know if you guys have seen Made. A great movie with Vince mm-hmm. Vaughn and Peter Falk. Mm-hmm. Do you vouch for him? That's all I think of every time. <laughs> mm-hmm. But do you vouch for him? You know, it's yeah. the, and that's the thing. It's like, yeah. you know, who are you going to bring in and who do you trust? And it's like, all right, I know that this person, uh, it's good at their job, may not be the best person at the job, but they're not going to have a fucking ego. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be there. You yeah, know?
4: how do they fit? I, I love matchmaking. Like. Mm-hmm. In real life, like partners, like relationships. Are
0: you one of those obnoxious people that I are trying to hook up all yeah? I
4: love it. I love being like, meeting someone and being like, I have the perfect person for you. Does it always work? No. But I love it. And I think that's why I also am a good producer. Because it is just matchmaking, you know, like when you meet someone for the first time, you're working on another set, you're working with new people. It's like, ah, yeah, you would love this DP or you would love this, you know, set dresser or whoever, whatever is the combination. It's just like fun because people can be good at their job and then just clash, you know, and Mm. and not. Work well together, but like finding those people that click in, and then just like watching them ride off in the sunset and live happily ever after—that's mm-hmm. so fun. Yeah, I
7: fucked it up though, because like, like not all the time, but sometimes like, like one time I recommended someone for a thing, and they didn't—they didn't do it, they didn't nail it, they—they they didn't rise to the occasion. Like now, it makes me look bad, you know, yeah. for vouching for them. I feel really bad about that whole thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and they thought they did a good job, but then I'm hearing that they aren't, and that's almost even worse. It's like you know then you don't know that mm-hmm. this person's not aware of what they need to like
0: yeah but then you have to just go to them and you have to be like how do yeah. you be that yeah i tried to yeah basically without being a dick but you also have to be the person that's right, like
1: right. that's your responsibility to do that you yeah. don't want that you know yeah, who wants right. to do that yeah because it's also like if then they're having trouble getting more work in that space or find, finding any success so that you, you can't be the well no one calls me well, yeah. i'm thinking about, look about last time yeah. right? you know and then yeah that's how do you handle that like what, what and I don't know not to get too into it soon you know, like get to that no, yeah. specifically, but what was sort of your approach for even having that conversation? Have you been able to have that? No, conversation? I was
7: just as candid as I could be. I was like, well, here's what I was hearing, and you know, it was after the fact it was too yeah. late to do anything about it, but mm. I was just I try to be honest with people and, and you know uh I mean it gets me in trouble sometimes for sure, mm-hmm, but like yeah. mm-hmm. I, I would I would rather that than like right just sugarcoating things too much, you know, you're, it, you're,
0: you're just oozing East coast. I,
7: feel I like. guess so. Yeah.
8: yeah. Oh East man, it was yeah, rough yeah. going out. LA, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
7: can't stand it. Like it's just tell, tell people the truth. You know, yeah, yeah. Right. you could be nice about it and like, right, right. Do the compliment sandwich, you know, but like, yeah. yeah. I don't but know.
0: Do you, but the, you know, you break them down and get past, dude, you're, you're talking to Boston D's in Los Angeles. Yeah. My first fucking like, my first like a month there, you know, mm-hmm. East coast, get 25 things done in a day west coast you get three things done in a day yeah. and they're excited about it and so you know i would constantly get the whole like gear down big rig yeah. you know what i mean like slow it down yeah. and uh, it's like come on guys fuck just get your shit together i also
1: love when you're on the west coast initially and people you know you're sort of like finding friend circles you kind of got to feel that a bunch of different ones out and when everyone realizes you're from the east coast they get really perky you're like are you from the East Coast? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What else? part? Where are you from? New York? Fuck no, I came here from Boston. Oh, is that where you're from? Fuck, I'm from Delaware. <laughs> What's that? It's on it's on the other fucking side. It's the East Coast. What what do you want? Yeah. See, I knew you're from the East Coast because you guys cuss a lot. Is that how the fuck we're known? Ooh, See? Yeah. Oh sense.
0: my god. Yeah. See, I'm from
4: Florida, so when people ask me where I'm from and I'm like Florida, they're like.
8: Oh, it's <laughs> a wild card. It's a wild card. Yeah. It's like yeah.
0: alligators and
3: floats oh, and yeah. like uh, you know. There's a mysterious energy to Florida that people yeah. can't really pin yeah. down.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's called it's called it's called the Everglades. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we enjoy our bath salts. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Wasn't that thing? Uh, the, you guys had that story in the news where it was uh, a few years back where somebody ate someone's face. Yeah, because right? yeah, they
4: right. had bath salts. Was, yeah, what
1: the, the fuck were and are? What is bath salts? I never understood. It's I'm like, like bu- who the fuck's like eating Epsom bath. salt?
4: It's like bubble bath and like, but it's
7: salt. Like, and, like Epsom salt.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I guess he was just like, I don't know, eating it by the spoonful and then freaking wow. out, then eating your
2: guy's face.
3: <laughs> yeah. I think they gave it that name,
6: but I think it is like a mix of very hard drugs. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like
1: insane <laughs> shit. Look
4: at me and Robert <laughs> being so innocent He's like apple
6: salt.
0: They're like, Oh, you can't mix pink salt and lava salt together.
1: Uh, yeah, I was sitting there every time I heard this story I thought I was like looking at the Epsom salt in the bath and be like I don't know if I should lay in this. <laughs> no, it
7: was, they were selling like synthetic weed for a while. Remember this K2 or something at gas yeah, stations? Yeah, and it was Salvia. Kind of something like that, yeah. right? So
4: you're yeah. telling me purple drink isn't just Kool-Aid?
2: Uh, no. no. <laughs> it's a
0: little more fun.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Holy shit. I'm enjoying this. You guys having fun? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. We'll, we'll go for a couple more minutes on this whole thing. Um, mm. Well, let's continue with our, like, our slight therapy session here. Mm-hmm. Is there... Is there another thing that we that you we encounter as creators that you haven't been able to connect with someone else on or you're feeling insecure about right now, right now?
6: I have something, I guess a little tangential. Like it, it, it seems like everyone here lives in L.A., right? you're not you know, New York, right? Yeah. yeah, New York. But I guess that's another big major market. But living in Atlanta, I feel like very stuck in yep. the crew mm-hmm. side of things. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of feeling the itch to like move somewhere. Yep. Like, I'm just so curious of like making that leap
0: of going to LA and I can, I can jump in real quick. Yeah. Yeah. So we, my fiance and I had this conversation. I, when I was in Boston on the East coast, I was very much fuck LA. Mm -hmm. Like that was my whole thing. Like, and I was like, I'm going to do the Robert Rodriguez thing here. I'm going to build my own place. What I didn't take into consideration was that Robert was out here forever and he made his career out here. And then he went and built his little compound and, austin texas and so uh uh, my fiance came to me and she goes look you don't have the balls to do this so i'm going to say it new york or la she's like we have to make a call we have to do this and she was like i could potentially do new york because there's a lot of fashion stuff there i could do that thing but i had two films in development out here and i said we should do if you're in we should do la we should come out here to do la um and uh it was a very it was a scary thing I had, to, I had to shut down an entire business. I had to break up a company. I had to change up my whole life. All of our family is back home. Yeah. And we did a whole podcast series while we did it, which is us packing up everything, getting in the cars and driving across the country. And driving across the country was the best thing we did. So like as soon as we got on the off-ramp out of our city and we were saying goodbye to that city, we went on a nine-day adventure, which was sort of like down the birth canal of like becoming new people. And then we sort of did this sort of transition and moved to California. And then what was interesting is that it takes us out of our comfort zone, takes us out of your sort of, I don't really have to work today because I got all this kind of stuff. It puts you in fucking hyperdrive, where mm-hmm. now it's like we don't know anybody here. So we're, it, it was nice being in a partnership because she would be like, I'm going to go do this, and you go do that, and I'm going to meet some people, and we'll pull them together, we'll come mm-hmm. together, we'll do this. And so we were like hyperdriving. Hanging out, having beers, and having dinners, and bringing people around, and sort of doing this stuff, which was great. And the thing that changed for me, the reason why I said okay, besides the fact that the love of my life was forcing me to do it, um, was that that glass ceiling that you feel in any other city, which is talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's acting talent. And then if you're trying to get features made or films made, um, I found that the time zone fucked me. Big time. So like anytime I was doing meetings with production companies or places, they wouldn't do it until five or six o'clock their time. I would do an entire work day and then have to jump on the phone and be super cool at 9 p.m. and try to do that stuff, which sucked. Then the big thing, which we've all talked about, who do you want to have beers with? It's the same thing when it comes to executives. It's the same thing when it comes to agents and actors and so what ends up happening is, is you'll get a rando call. Like my agent called me uh, a couple of weeks ago and he's like, I got Dodgers tickets for tonight. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. if you're anywhere else, you can't just be like, yeah, you know, and I'm like, hold on, I'm going to change that of my sweatpants that I've been in for three days and I'll go to this Dodger game. Mm-hmm. And it really changes everything, man. Mm-hmm. And I think, and you can disagree or agree with me, but New York to me is theater, TV, and that's it really. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm I'm seeing. Yes, TV for sure. Yeah. yeah, and you know, once Law and Order, not never, doesn't exist much. Yeah, although they do shot a they it's do a shoot session, a bunch of stuff in Secession. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
7: I dread having to move to LA, and my wife doesn't want to either. So, yeah. we'll LA
4: see. gets a bad rap. Okay. Yeah.
7: Well, we have friends and family and stuff. It's just like you know, I've spent my whole life developing connections, and they're in New York, and they're really strong connections. Yeah, yeah. they're not. They're not like artificial in any way. I didn't seek these things out. These are real relationships I built. And it's very hard to consider what yeah. it would be like to start over entirely.
3: I think that's super important is like your, your group, your family, like where they're going, where they are. A lot of us from college came out to LA and that was like a big deal. Like having that support system and having those people, I think is like one of the most important things.
4: Yeah, the people I work with and see day to day, uh, over half. Three quarters of them I've known for fifteen plus years. Yeah, and I did not meet them in L.A., but we re-found each other in L.A. with a common goal mm. and a common. Because um, yeah, there are like shitty people in L.A. There are like shitty fake, mm-hmm. in more ma- more ways than one fake. People in LA, uh, West West
0: Side, West Side, West Side.
4: Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, for sure.
4: And like you can, you can schmooze with those people. You can yep. try and get money from those people. You can go to the bar, whatever, and you can. That can be your life, but it's not the life that I would live, no right. matter what city I lived in. Yeah. And so it was important for me uh, to find the pocket. You know, like Mm -hmm. we live in a neighborhood with trees and sidewalks Mm -hmm. and like you can walk to the grocery store and like I don't really ever have to get in my car. I don't have to sit in traffic. And I think Mm -hmm. finding where you can live, the type of life you want to live is so possible there. I think, you know, you see like the bigger, badder thing. Badder no but those but big bad things about la and they yeah, are yeah. true but they don't have to be your life exactly
0: right. and what's fascinating exactly. What, what's fascinating is that when we moved there so we moved uh there and we ended up in in glendale never thought we would, would be in glendale i sort of took a wrong turn when i was house hunting and found this amazing fucking place in glendale um but we showed up and suddenly the people that start to go around us um were from the east coast And so all of a sudden, all the folks that were circulating around us, I'd be like, where are you from? They're like, from New York. Or where are you from? I'm from Boston. Mm -hmm. It's just like the energy was put out there. And Mm -hmm. it helps that we're on the east side. But the energy was put out there. And to the point where like the Fable Bar that's right down the street from us once a month does uh, Boston Night at the Bar. And it's just like, what the fuck? Like we had no idea. So LA is a cool place to live because it's so diverse the food is the best food i've ever had anywhere in the country and i'm a food fucker. It was good yeah.
7: no I, I don't have anything against la per se really it's just like i was saying those relationships my wife is a nurse i mean she just got like a new job yeah, she yeah just, you want to talk about yeah. like you know you guys work with partners and everything yeah. we right. it's good because it's not like we're talking about this all the time but also like she was an icu nurse she just got a new position like higher up in, in like the hospital now but She'd come home talking about a kid that died or like something yeah. like that. And I'm like, yeah. I got some great B-roll of turkeys today. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's <Yeah>. not. <laughs> right. So I don't want to, you know, displace her either, you know. right. Well, right.
0: I mean, you don't necessarily need to. It just depends on what yeah. it is that you want. Like, it, like the thing that was great about not being in LA was that when I came out to do pitches, uh, my management team was like, well, he's in town only for this amount of yeah, time. That's, that's true. So you would get a, a lot more meetings crammed into yeah, a short like period of time what sucked about it was that the getting the callbacks on those meetings and all that stuff took usually three, four fucking weeks mm-hmm. after that. So like, it's a, it's a, you know, you can work it. People yeah, do. I would try to be bicoastal, but you know, who knows? Well, I mean,
4: has the money for that. <laughs> well,
8: exactly. Right, that's <laughs> a really that's, good it's point.
0: insane. But you know, it's re- sorry, I'll let you go in a okay. sec, but it's really important that, uh, you know, your life is good. Yeah, and if, mm-hmm. if you're, you know, if you, like, you don't want to drag your wife. You know, yeah. into a whole new career path and you know working yeah. as a nurse in fucking Los Angeles it yeah. be a whole different game I oh, know yeah? Battlefield
8: yeah. thank God
4: for your wife though I mean saving lives oh yeah all we're doing is making make believe <laughs> exactly
2: yeah. right,
1: right. so it's, oh, a, yeah. it's a yin and yang too but yeah, just in a different totally. yeah I, I love what you had said about um, like about the move across country so for listeners and if, if you're considering the move to LA yeah. the one thing I always recommend to everyone is if you can do the drive do the drive there's something about it; that just feels like a pilgrimage. Like that's well, the only way I would do it. Yeah, yeah my buddy and I—he um, ended up moving to LA two years after I did, but he was like, "I'll do the drive with you, so you don't have to do it by yourself." And it was such a wonderful experience. And like, we just made it this fun little road trip, and I got to like see my grandmother on the way, and see some friends from high school on the way, and see my parents and my sisters, and yeah, and really stretch that trip out. So it felt like, in this weird way, I'm getting this blessing, and I'm getting to not necessarily say goodbye to the East Coast, but I'm getting to sort of hit these bullet points along the way, these people that mean so much to me and fill that up in me before going. So I think for anyone, even if even if you're not doing the family thing, even if you're just, you know, hitting uh, spots that interest you, just doing that road trip is so important. But for us, I think the huge benefit was that so many of our friends from our own circle on the East Coast either had moved right before us or moved right after us. So the only thing that changed was the fucking scenery. Like yeah, all the same good. people we were going to the bars with and hanging out with and working with, they're all in L.A. So I was like, "This is fucking great. Like this, this doesn't feel like such a culture shock." And along the way, yeah, if, as you're meeting people in L.A. and it's a new experience, and yeah, some of those people are fucking amazing, and some of them you go, "Ah, damn, I really don't like that person that much." Actually, no problem. You still have your tribe. You still have your people. Your wife is there, or your your best buddies are there. You know, and the people that you know can kind of help ground you again we were talking earlier about like the thing that like kind of brings you back to me which again I think it's always that for me man is like being able to go hang out with my pals and you know spend some time and go okay like today fucking sucked let mm-hmm. me go home and talk to my girlfriend let me go I'm gonna go hang out my buddy today and just you know get back to that place where I can just be who I was before I ever fell in love with this business which was just Lance yeah. right mm-hmm. so can, can you convince everyone you know to move to LA?
6: uh i'll try i'm not that great of a <laughs>
0: but don't also don't be don't be i understand your thought because i have die hard my, all my movies are made on the east coast and all my buddies were the ones that made those movies and they're mm. all still well all, the majority of them are still yeah. on the east coast and um my i had that concern like because i'm I'm very much a family dude you're in you're in you know mm-hmm. we're at at all garden we're family it's that whole fucking shit <laughs> right and so um uh when i moved here i was worried about that too but there are so many talented so many talented 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 crew people out here and people that are really cool and chill and um uh, we're building our our team really quickly and and organically it's not like we're like putting out calls and being like come on in and audition to be my gaffer you know what i mean it's like we're we're going out we're hanging out with people hanging out at parties and then someone's like hey i'm a fucking gaffer and i love your work and i'd love to do something and and it helps that we have films. Yeah. It helps. And if you're putting your films out there on social media, the pe- people find that shit. And people want to attach themselves to good talent and good, mo- good work. And yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, dude, tomorrow, this house is going to be filled with my team and my crew. They're all flying in. So, like, nice. yeah, uh, it's, uh, we're very fortunate. So don't be afraid of that. I think that will yeah. be okay.
6: I, I think, like, a couple years ago, it felt kind of unimaginable. But, I don't know, working on films and meeting so many people, people who travel in to Atlanta to make films, I've met some really great people that live in L.A., and I feel like it's well, definitely I mean, more achievable. You know us now. And now yeah. Know. yeah, we'll hang yeah, out yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah. You Absolutely. know us now. If I'm in New York. Yeah. Come to New York, yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, if I ever
7: move to Jersey, I'm going to drive, not fly.
0: <laughs>
7: <me>. <laughs>
6: I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> on that note, uh, this has been uh, wonderful at, like I'm so happy to meet everyone here, I'm so happy to like. Can, can I now call you guys my friends at this point? Yeah, yeah, all right, all right, all right, all right. I like it. And, and are we all gonna be? You guys are all gonna be here through the end of the festival? Yes, we oh,
7: have that. to do something on Sunday. I'm, i my fly. I fly out 11:45 p.m. Sunday. Oh, so if anyone's around, but I got a day to kill.
0: Uh, well, <laughs> you know, we might be uh, doing the old U.D. Bar, the Undesirables. Yeah. So. And it's actually a really great bar. It's actually a really great bar. Are they open on Sundays? Yeah, six o'clock. Beautiful.
7: All
1: right. How the fuck? This is why I love you. (laughs) I am on top of it. (laughs) Actually, you know, I saw last night that really fucking cracked me up. Speaking of just like the whole like culture here, at the party, and I wasn't sure if it. I thought it was maybe it was a joke, but there was one guy who had a sheet, and the sheet was like uh, this form where you sign making your commitment and promise to God that you will save yourself for marriage and i like the first name on it was like john wayne Gacy. so i was like somebody's (laughs) a smart ass but i was like that's not fucking real right but then considering where we're at i'm like where was this where where was this at the at the uh, after party last night yeah i
4: I think he was dressed up like a mormon
1: yeah i couldn't tell if it was a joke but Uh, because we're at i'm like yeah is it a joke Yeah. yeah i'm like i don't know yeah but then I was like, also, there was a lot of signatures. He was racking them up. And I was like, fucking liars. Those are the name of the liars in the room. I,
3: I, I, I saw a ahead. girl who was Shrek last night, and I thought the same thing. But thought, are you always Shrek? Or
0: are you just Shrek today?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know it sounds like we're being hard on the Mormons, but you guys will see. Yeah. You'll see. You're here. Yeah. You'll see how it plays. <laughs> and you've been here before. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Um, all right. <laughs> Not too weird. You guys are nice. Um, thank you, everybody, for being here so much for being on the show thanks for having us thank you man thank you and so okay so what's the deal with your shorts now uh is this are you all still in the festival run and then after the festival are you going to be putting them online so people can see them online or are they proof of concepts that you're not releasing to the public what's the deal
7: yeah mine's proof of concept so i don't think i'll be showing it online but we're in new york city horror fest after this in december and then hopefully hear back from a few others after that, the, the dates are coming up for, you know.
0: Yeah, fuck yeah, man. Yeah. Are you on the, whatever the app is online for this festival? EO? Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't tell anyone about it. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, I don't want to really, I don't really want to advertise for them because I didn't sponsor the show. But <laughs> if you go to uh, FilmQuest's website, you may find some ability to watch a lot of the shorts from the filmmakers okay. that are here. Yes. Let's just put this it that true. way. Let's put it that way. Okay, cool. What about you?
6: uh yeah this is uh Good Arts first festival so we're just getting started um haven't heard back from anything else yet but hopefully soon um and then after that yeah definitely put it online Nice. best of
0: luck to you bro thank you yeah. so much Appreciate that. by the way I like the way you pronounce that Hugo, go good arts. Good, arts. good arts so it sounds like an art piece I did not piece. know I did that yeah, so
6: uh, <laughs> does it sound like is it a goo? film about cheese
0: <laughs> yeah it's got <laughs> a little French <laughs> thing going on yeah, like go dart yeah. yeah that's Godard. what I
6: thought I thought
4: it was good arts. Oh,
6: man, I need to work
2: on that <laughs> <in> my pitches <laughs>
0: what about you gang what's up
5: um you know one, one of our like we said one of our main objectives with making uh the film we did was to attend film Quest this year. Oh, cool. um, and honestly we haven't thought much beyond that. Um, yeah. I, I think uh we also we went to uh Chattanooga this year, the Chattanooga Film Festival with mm. a with a feature. That was a really great experience. Um so I'd like I'd love to take the short there. That takes place in June. Mm-hmm. So other than that though, um plans for the short we'd not not too we'll, many.
4: we'll put it online probably. We haven't it it's not proof of concept. It was just for fun.
5: It, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I don't see a feature coming out of it, but you know, it's possible. Hey, if someone <laughs> wants to give
4: us the money to make the feature, I will, we will get a couple more mm-hmm. pages written.
2: <laughs>
0: there you go. Um, there you yeah,
4: go. we definitely, we haven't submitted it to any other festivals.
0: So you guys were like, you guys are throwing a dart right at Bullseye. Yeah. yeah, and,
5: yeah. And, you know, it's uh, it's also just, I always want to be making stuff, you know? Yeah. And and, and proving, you know, my craft and, and uh, building that portfolio and just, you know, it's the process in itself is so satisfying. Oh dude, you we know, need, a,
0: we gotta do a blood transfer. Come on, I need some, <laughs> I need some, whatever you Yeah, do.
4: we, I mean, we, this, this, we just got off a, a, a feature that yeah like he said was at chattanooga film fest and unfortunately couldn't play here because it got distribution so you
2: know
8: Uh, wow wow terrible
4: yeah so i mean i think we're playing that like this was like kind of our palette refresher like you know what i mean like we just did this for fun and, and because we wanted to showcase robert's amazing skills and because we saw this weird thing happen at a wedding we were like we gotta write it
8: there you so go Here we are.
5: i gotta
1: see this now i want to see your work man oh, I'm, I'm really R- excited robert
5: is the best part of it he's in, he's incredible
1: i have yeah. a feeling i'm never gonna to want to download too slow anyone after this <laughs> yeah that's- so robert what's next for you
3: um
0: no judgment it could be going to the grocery store we're fine with that
3: yeah no i i yeah probably trying to make some money for a little bit uh i, I work in hotels so that's probably where i'll be for a little bit um uh artistically um yeah making music on my own uh at roses roses is the name of the band you can look me up on instagram there you go um yeah but more of that
0: probably Tells yeah. yeah and everybody's on instagram yeah yeah all right so yeah. we'll get all the instagram handles we'll put it in the description of the episode along with those fucking sponsor links that you should be clicking you know what i'm saying do you do you, do you hear a fucking theme here please click those links um all right everybody well thanks for being here I'm going to start queuing up uh, our our ending song here. And by the way, I didn't officially get permission to play this track, but I love this band so much. This is uh, Gunship's new album that's coming out. I've been trying to get them on the show. So if you guys are going to reach out and give me shit for playing this without permission, come on the show. I'm doing this to get your attention. That's what I'm doing. Thanks, everybody, for being here. And uh, thank you, Lance, as always. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, man. For being cool and, and knowing exactly when the bars are open. Gotcha. That's why you're here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody, see
2: ya.